Welcome back, everyone, to another spooky episode of Battle School Dropouts. I'm Stu, and joining me is Bakari. Hi, I'm Bakari. I don't have any sound effects this time. I had a rattle last year, and I don't. Yeah, I brought I brought the voice, you, but I just I got nothing. Uh, got nothing. Yeah, not spooky fine. right now. Yeah, you know it's hard to think. I'm I'm not very creative. I was like, oh, I can do something different. There's got to be other Halloween stuff and yeah, zombie sounds. Uh, I got uh, nothing. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I, feel, I guess it's just not that kind of podcast. We're not um welcome to Night Vale or whatever that's oh, called. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, maybe maybe we got to do like a way overproduced intro. Yeah, and there then and then we can go to DashCon. There we Fuck go. Fuck the anime. <laughs> I need my time in the ball pit. I need my time in the ball pit, exactly. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on when this comes out, either this is interrupting the Hajime no Ippo episode, or it's after that and none of this matters. But. Yeah, it's either episode 16 or 17. We, <laughs> but hopefully, hopefully you're listening to, or hopefully it's up in October. That's, yes. that's the key point. Yeah. Hopefully it comes up before Halloween or on Halloween, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it's the whole reason this is all like weirdly delayed. And part of the reason why the last episode came out a little bit late, too, is that we've been dealing with the scariest thing. Yeah, we had some real personal news. Uh, <laughs> Sora was added to Smash Bros. Yes. Today. Yeah. Um, and that's a really big deal. Of course, I've had to take off time from work uh, in two weeks. And, we, we've been you know. talking about this for about the last two weeks. Pretty much nonstop. Pretty much. That, that we've been suspecting that this is going to happen. Uh-huh. And now it's dropped. Yeah. It's and as the official... Uh, Kingdom Hearts podcast mm-hmm. of the internet. Uh, yeah, this is pretty exciting news. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's. I mean, we always knew it would happen, right? Sakurai right. wouldn't let us down because if he did, we'd burn his house down. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. He knows that the gamers would come for him. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's. So they're just adding Sora, right? We're not getting like Donald or anything like no. that. In fact, they. Uh, so so they added. Um, the his stage like kind of. It seems like it kind of shape shifts through multiple stuff. They have taken out anything disney related there's, oh that's funny like there's a part where like you know sora and or, or where uh, donald and goofy like their heads show up next to sora and riku and kairi sora riku and kairi are still there and then donald and goofy are replaced by like a star fruit uh, the pow fruit uh, and and a raft <laughs> i think which are important to kingdom hearts one right um yeah uh, the only the only disney thing that remains is the keychain on sora's keyblade still has the mickey mouse like logo on it the little emblem yeah that would have been an imp- like what could they have even changed it to like cloud or something they probably could have just taken it out and like not many people would have noticed but yeah. like they make a like when they announce sora like the trailer that's the first thing you see of him like mario picks up a thing that turns out to be the keyblade and as he throws it because he throws it for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it does like a slow mo zoom in, and you see that it's got the the kingdom key keychain on it, and then you're like, oh fuck, it's Sora, and then Sora shows up properly and <laughs> beats the shit out of everybody because that's that's what every new Smash character does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw people talking about like some of his move set and combos is very reminiscent of. Uh, Bayonetta from the previous game who was like that. busted <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if the uh, like Sora needs to get banned is a conversation that comes up I, I mean they didn't ban Bayonetta in Smash 4 and I heard they did in Spain I'll, I'll, they, I'll they keep bringing up that Spain. factoid yeah I heard they did it in Spain yeah because Spain's a bunch of weaklings that's, <laughs> that's why they don't that's why they are never gonna have a 40 year war that's right yeah um, unless they already had one 
I don't know world history at all. Oh, there's a good chance they did. Quite possible. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Meta Knight in Brawl was banned, but Bayonetta for the most part was not banned in Smash 4. And like, unless Sora is like game-breakingly impossible to beat, he probably won't be banned. And yeah. it is my extreme hope that they make Sora incredibly busted and never patch the game again. <laughs> so that fucking anyone who plays in a, in a Smash Bros. tournament has to play Sora if they want a realistic chance of winning. Yeah. And everybody hates it. Every- <laughs> no, I think that'd be great to just have like tournaments that are entirely Sora-based. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody's booing. Nobody's happy. Yeah. The well, players get pissed and they just stand around like that Evo Grand Finals. Yeah, know? that's just Smash Brothers. That's, <laughs> that's all that's I know Smash about Bros. it. I don't Everyone's want anybody mad. playing Smash Bros. to be happy. <laughs> I love Smash I don't know why I'm like this. I'm just mean. I don't know. Well, you're part of the fighting game community. And I feel like the fighting game community at large is like very hostile towards uh, Smash Brothers. Like just as like a joke for the most part. I, you know? I don't think a lot of them are joking. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, what I mean to say is like it's almost like a meme. Like you're expected to dunk on them. That's like, part they smell of the bad. Yeah. They yeah. have baby controllers. They don't do combos. Things like that. That's yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, there are Smash combos. They just really. They're weird. Like you don't when in when you do a combo in Street Fighter, regardless of anything else, like if you land that first hit and you know the timing for the next hit, you get it. But in Smash, there's like if it's the wrong character, or if they're at the wrong percentage, or if you're on the wrong stage or the wrong part of the stage or whatever, then things can go horribly wrong. It's very inconsistent, which I think kind of adds a level of skill to it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like speed runs that have a little bit of random chance and totally. whatnot. Like, I think those are typically a bit more exciting to see yeah. than, like, ones where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to execute this thing where I walk into a wall and I clip through it and now I can walk past this entire level. Like, it's cool that you're able to beat the game in, like, a couple minutes, but, like, I don't know, that's pretty consistent. Yeah, you give know? me that, you know, give me that random chance. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I just want that <laughs> slot machine experience wherever <laughs> I go, really. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, uh, what have you been up to lately? Well, that's the only personal news, really. It's yeah. just the, the Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, um, it, it's thing. weird that like we really focused exclusively on Kingdom Hearts and nothing else happened in our lives. Absolutely nothing. That for the last. was crazy or weird or really unexpected. Yeah, that really like locked us down. Yeah, um, that's why we haven't been, gone anywhere in yeah, two weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Smash Bros. Yeah, we were um, on Smash Bros. Quarantine. That's you know? that's right. Yeah. Um, we also got COVID. We yeah. Both, oh yeah. That's we both right. got COVID nineteen. Both of us. What a coincidence. Yeah. And our girlfriends, <laughs> all four of us. Um, I I know it's a little more complicated than that, but like, it's very likely that I was the culprit, like, because I got symptoms <laughs> first. Um, and we're all vaccinated, all four of us. And yeah. I knocked us all out in the span of three days. <laughs> Nobody is safe. When Bakari's sick, everybody is sick. That's just how it goes. Yeah, it was funny, too, because, like, we had SAC anime, like, a couple weeks before we started showing symptoms. So it's like, I'm, sur- like... My girlfriend and I are surrounded by like thousands of people. Yeah. Come back totally fine. Yeah. The four of us, like you, me, and our girlfriends, have like basically dinner together in yeah. our kitchen. And then like a few days later, we're all out. We're just all done. Yeah. 
It's a crazy weird fucking stuff. disease. Yeah. How, how did it, like, how bad was it for you? The worst it got was, like, um, you ever been, like, just had, like, a really bad flu, you know? Like, yeah, Like, you're yeah. just, like, not quite delirious, but, like, you know, just, like, your head's kind of swimming. I just hit myself in the face. Uh, your <laughs> head's kind of swimming, and, like, you can't really get out of bed, and you just, like, coughing and just feel gross and stuff. That, that was the worst it got. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like... It was shitty, don't get me wrong, but like, it, at no point did I feel like my life was in danger. I was just kind of like, this fucking sucks. And then that, was, <laughs> that was the end of it. How about you? Yeah, it was about the same. I actually didn't, or like, didn't think to tell my mom mm. because it was so bad. But I called my aunt because she is a nurse and like, I, w- I was having like some sinus issues. So I was like, well, I should ask somebody. Yeah. I called her, not my mom. And so my mom calls and like, what the? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, it wasn't too bad. The weirdest thing was like, it was like the flu. And so like when I get the flu, I usually like, uh, or like a similar sickness, I usually sweat a lot. And I've never been so sweaty from a disease in my entire life. <laughs> like I remember I, I was super sweaty. Like I took off my my shirt like to change out of it because it was just soaked through yeah i took a shower like cleaned off and then like 15 minutes later i was soaked again I damn was, what is going on like i was and i otherwise like i don't i remember on that day otherwise i felt completely fine i just couldn't stop sweating <laughs> and i remember like trying to take this like at home covid test to figure out like okay do i really have it or am i just really sweaty today oh yeah and yeah. just like having to keep wiping off my arms so that like, I can grab things and not contaminate it. I'm like, what the fuck? It, 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 it felt like I had, like, I was sweating on a level of, like, I had just been, like, running for, like, five miles. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is it, was it, was it, like, a, like, a cold sweat for you? Because I had, like, a similar thing. No, I was, it was normal like, sweat. Like, you felt like you were hot. Yeah. Because I had, my thing was, like, I was similarly sweating. Just, just talking about sweating. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what we're doing this episode. Um... Uh, I was really sweaty, but like I had a really like a pretty high fever. I think I got like close to 103 at some point at one point, like, you know, pretty bad. And like I was like cold constantly. I was sweating, but I was like also very cold. And I'm like wrapped up in the blankets and stuff. And my girlfriend Felicia walks in and she's just like, it is like a fucking sauna in here. And I'm just like, (laughs) I do not turn on a fan. I cannot. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. I usually like uh, I don't know if this is like what you should do or whatever but like when i'm when i get cold like or when i get sick like that and i start sweating Mm -hmm. i just cover myself in more and more blankets i'm like let's just heat this thing out like let's just burn it out out. yeah Yeah. i remember i woke up on like uh the second day after getting it and just like oh there we go i like i sweat through all my blankets but i feel pretty good (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was the first like for me, I think it was like the first two or three days were like the worst. And then yeah. it was like, I'm sick and I'm going to stay home. I got nothing else to do. And my, my work is nice enough to get anybody who gets COVID there. Actually, you have we all have two weeks of PTO in case you get COVID or something like that. So, there like you, you know, you got your recovery time built in separate from your regular PTO. So, like, I would just send HR a message. I was like, I'll see you in two weeks. Here's my positive test later. And then, <laughs> yeah. So, like, first week was, like, actually really rough. Like, this really sucks. And the second week was, like sleep just fucking sleeping constantly and yeah. kind of just hanging which yeah. wasn't so bad honestly. no it wasn't yeah i but I, like i very quickly was like i have to get away from youtube like, <laughs> i got so like i watched youtube for like 24 hours the first day and the Damn. next day i was like i'm done i hate <laughs> youtube it's so boring nothing is good i didn't want to watch i've been watching sopranos i didn't want to watch that because yeah. that shows like heavy yeah i'm like i already have a potentially deadly virus in me like <laughs> i'm i need something a little light 
You know, the funny thing is my, my COVID show, like I picked this up, like, and I haven't finished it just yet, but I watched an ass load of episodes. I watched a bunch of Kaiji, which is an anime about a guy who's like super in debt and basically plays death <laughs> games. It, it's, it's a little bit like squid game, but also not really at all. Uh, oh, that's just the hot perfect. button thing. Yeah. It's, it's an anime where like, uh, just a bunch of desperate losers, uh, get together and they're like, uh, they, they get these invitations to go play these games, uh, these like gambling games. And then it's like, Oh yeah. If you win, you get bajillions of yen and all your problems are solved. And if you lose, you are, you are sold into slavery and you just gotta, <laughs> just gotta deal. Um, so yeah, I like I was delirious and half awake and just watching Kaiji nonstop. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is sick. Uh, he's probably gonna fucking die this episode. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I like. I mean, uh, this is probably a shock coming from the guy who loves Yu Gi Oh, but I really like those kind of like gamble shows. Yeah, like Yu Gi Oh's. Yeah, I yeah. forgot how dark Yu Gi Oh gets <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, there's there's that and there's another one that's on um, Netflix that I can't remember the name, but it's like this school that's all about gambling. Oh, uh, it's an anime. Yeah. Um, there's also a live action version that, that came out later. Kakegurui. Yeah. I have not watched it. Oh, it's super good. I have this. Um, I At have least this. the first season is. That's as far as I got. Yeah, it, it looks cool. It looks. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this. You're the expert. It looks like not to say that it is, but it looks a little hentai-ish at certain points. Yeah. That main lady with the long black hair, she makes some hentai faces. Yeah. Well, the, that's the whole thing. Like, I think that's like a there's it's a very like sexually charged yeah. show but it's like it really focuses on the faces a lot and it like makes them look super weird yeah um almost like like what well, we were it didn't bring it up today we're, we're talking about paranoia agent oh yeah and there's a bunch of weird like you know like the, how they do the weird close-ups in that show yeah it's like constantly yeah in, uh, kakagari yeah so. that's what it seems like i had this um I haven't worked there in a few years, so I can say this. I had this awful coworker, <laughs> and he found he was into anime, and he found out that I was uh, into no wonder. anime. Yeah, exactly. Awful people, exactly. Um, he found out I was into anime, and so he like whatever he was watching, he'd he'd tell me about it, and then every time he saw me afterwards, he'd be like, "Hey, did you watch that?" Like he he'd watch like Food Wars, and he'd be like, "Hey, have you watched Food Wars?" It was like. I mean, yeah, I've watched some. He's like, are you watching it? I'm like, no. And he goes like, you should. And this is why. And so like he got into Kakegurui and then at one point he was following me to my desk, like in a completely different room Mm. and telling me about a scene where they're playing, I don't know, go fish or whatever. And like if the if the the main lady loses, she has to like take off all her clothes or something like that. Like, I don't remember this. And. There, I've got. I sit next. I, I was sitting next to like this obviously very like conservative middle aged lady, and this fucking guy is walking behind me, going like, "Yeah, and if she loses at this card game, she's got to take off all of her clothes. It's a sick anime, bro. You should watch it." And I'm like, "I should. I just. I wanted to die. Uh, I, I'm just here. Yeah, yeah. It's weird when you have pervy coworkers. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I'm associated with this now. Yeah, huh? Yeah, because I don't have the 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 gumption to be like dude stop yeah like i i just i've i've never done that to a person yeah like that was the closest i've gotten to that like in a long time <laughs> i think i I, tr- I was i did the office talk version of it. it was like yeah well i got a lot of things to catch up on so i'll talk to you later and like then he you know wandered off but like it was truly an awful experience so like i I'll, once i get past that psychological hurdle i'll probably give that a go i'm into the death game stuff nowadays yeah yeah everybody's talking about squid game right now which yeah. i haven't seen i've watched a couple episodes watch it. it's pretty good yeah it's like i i don't 100 percent understand yet why it's gotten so fucking huge like it's it's on track to be the most watched netflix show show ever whoa um, yeah it was like 
for some reason, if you make a, you know, pretty well put together Korean thing about uh, how capitalism is bad, people go nuts for it. This is based in Parasite, <laughs> I guess. It's two for two. Um, well, yeah, the capitalism stuff must be terrible. It's yeah. So, bummer that the Koreans have to deal with that. I think that. those Koreans are up to something. Yeah, yeah they're on to something, not up to yeah. something. It's completely different. No, what are they doing over there? <laughs> Don't trust them. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, what if, um, other than that, what you, have you been getting into any any games, anything like that? Well, lately? Uh, I want to ask you, how do you feel about Gears of War? Because that was like <laughs> right, like I, that I feel like took up most of our like week last week, where we're like, well, we both feel fine. You want to just we can't go anywhere. You want to hang out? Yeah, and like I don't know what brain cancer I have, but I was like, oh, you know, I want to play Gears of War. Bakri, you want to play Gears of War? And we played the whole trilogy, basically. I mean, not quite back to back, but like we'd have like, we'd play a game all day, take a break for like a day next day. All right, let's play through Gears 2 now. Yep. Yeah, it was it was pretty much every other day was play through an entire Gears of War game. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've been so conflicted since then. Because like, I played a... a, 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 a when Gears of War 1 first came out, I went to my friend's house and we played a few hours of it, you know, mostly versus and stuff like that. It's just like us running around the map and shooting at each other. Uh, and I played a little bit of 2 when it came out, like the first couple chapters or something. So, like, I was going in, like, not super well versed. And now that I know every like everything about the first three games, I don't really know what to think about it. <laughs> at times I was like, this is pretty fun. And at other times I was like, this is the worst video game ever made. <laughs> It was it's, a really, it was a very uh, interesting experience. Yeah, like I want to say it's like peaks and valleys, but yeah. it's like it's really just like pretty good, and then sometimes just into the valley. Like it yeah. never like ascended to a level where I was like, "This is the greatest game I've ever played." Yeah, no, there were a cut. I there was like one part in Gears of War three where like everything else had been like passable for me. Like it was like. That was fun. I like shooting things in games, so that was neat. But mm. like that, there was one part in Gears of War three where I was like, "That was actually really great." I can't remember which part it was. Uh, me neither. It, two was definitely the low point for me. Like, I, yeah. Towards the end of two, I was getting like philosophical, philosophical about how much I fucking hated <laughs> Gears of War. I was like, I hate everything about this game. I hate everything about Epic Games. I hate everything about Cliff Blazinski. Fuck <laughs> everyone who was involved in the, making this game a reality. Yeah, yeah, because it's weird. Because like. I feel like Gears 1 and 3 don't have great pacing, but it's good. Whereas, like, 2 just dragged on for, like, ages. Like, I, I remember it being, like, 8 o'clock, and I'm like, we got to be close to the end. Yeah. And then it was, like, past 10, and I was like, can this game just end, please? <laughs> it, uh, about two hours out from the end of Gears of War 2, it kind of, it stops being a regular, like, third-person cover shooter and starts being, like... You ever played like the Jurassic Park arcade game where you like sit in the chair oh, and it's like yeah. the T-Rex is chasing you shoot the T-Rex and then the next part it's like oh no giant bugs and like you're just it's it just kind of goes like shoot at that thing and then you do it it's like good job you're great and it just keeps doing that <laughs> that's how I felt about the last two hours of yeah Warrior. it's like we're gonna beat the bad guy and then the bad guy shows up and they're like it goes like shoot him and you, you do it and it's like great oh no the building's falling run out of the building and then you do that and it's just like 
constantly. <laughs> it, I I felt like a like an infant. I yeah. felt like a very stupid little baby playing that game. Well, it's got so many vehicle sections for some reason. <laughs> like and they're just awful. Like yeah. like the fight against Scourge is like I'm going to throw up. Where mm. it's like you're 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 on those those flying mosquito things. Oh god, it was and, so long. And he's too. like chasing you, but like he's going through these tunnels and yeah, it just wouldn't fucking end. At no point did I really felt like we were in danger of losing. I yeah. like I felt like if I just kind of put the controller down, then it would just he would just keep flying there until eventually we got bored and shot him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think we died like once on that for like one quick time event style right. thing. It's like shoot him right now where you die and then we didn't and it's like, "Ah, better <laughs> luck next time." Yeah. I, but it's it's weird because it's like it's almost like a like potato chip game or something like it's like when you were like, well, now that we beat the trilogy, you want to play Gears Four? I was like, like going into it, I was like, yeah, we'll just play this trilogy and then I can write it off or yeah. whatever. And uh, I'm like, yes, I want to play Gears Four. Like, it's like asking me, like, do you want McDonald's? It's like I shouldn't, but yeah, but yeah. I want McDonald's. No, it's it's junk food is a very good way to like describe that kind of thing. And like, you know, having come out on the end of all three, and like, you should know, I don't finish shit. Like, you know, people keep doing those like, you know, oh, stuff I like uh, there's a lot of people on Twitter who do like, you know, the the whole thread of like stuff media that I consumed in 2021 or whatever. I don't do that because I don't finish shit. I finish so very few games. I finish so very few movies, shows, whatever. But I finish three Gears of War games, three Gears of War games. And so it's like, well, sunk cost fallacies kicking in hardcore. We got to fit and they're on Game Pass. Yeah, we don't even have to pay more money. It's, yeah, yeah, we're already there. We're set. On so that fuck one. it. It's <laughs> it's gonna like I I'm tempted to play it with mouse and keyboard and just really just wreck that game. Oh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> like fuck not like it's so funny. Like I'm I'm not great at shooters, but like I, I play mouse and keyboard most of the time when I play because I play on PC. Sure, and I can against like NPCs, I can fucking wreck face. Oh yeah, right. You put a controller in my hand, it's like I've never played a video game before. <laughs> like, it was embarrassing. Like, and, like Gears of War expects you to be accurate. Like, you get the sniper rifle, and it wants headshots. Yeah. And, and those enemies are, like, juking. They're, like, flipping around like they're, like, <laughs> trying very hard on a basketball court. Yeah. It's like, how am I supposed to do this? And it's, it's, for the record, the enemies are not trying to dodge you. They just, their they're, uh, pathing just sucks. They just, <laughs> they don't know how to handle the challenge of walking around an obstacle. So they just kind of spin around in place and do all this terrible shit. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it is, it is very much like trying to hit somebody, trying to juke you constantly. <laughs> They're just not trying to. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like yeah. they pop in and out of cover like instantly. Yeah. 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 And in number three, like they make it so that if you pick up an ammo box, it doesn't refill your sniper uh. rifle. Sniper pr- ammo is precious. And also, if you do not have pinpoint accuracy against these things that are literally impossible to pr- for a human to predict, then <laughs> you, it doesn't do shit. You might as yeah. well be shooting a pistol at their leg. Yeah. You know, which I mean would hurt a person, but these are, you know. They don't give a shit. Yeah, they don't. They don't give a shit. You you pump bullets into these guys. They're just like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta take cover though. So, God, one and two, like one and two, one especially, like it took like two clips to kill a single guy, like a normal guy. I'm so fucking. It's weird how bullet spongy those guys are. Yeah, but it does make the chainsaw a lot more satisfying. That's true. Like hunting down a guy. It's like normally this guy would take forever for me to kill. Yeah, time to fuck him up. 
Ex- except then he turns around and like pokes you once and then you're not able to use a your melee attack for the next 20 seconds and you're just sitting there like oh no what do i do and then he punches you and you die it's so weird too because it's like it's not just that you can't use the chainsaw it's like the melee button becomes a button that stun locks <laughs> yeah like i've never played a game that like you can stun lock yourself like that yeah it's kind of like, you know, there's like some shooters or whatever where like if you try to shoot while you're out of ammo, then they go like click, click. And then the character looks at their gun like, what's going on? I've never had this happen before. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like it, it's punishing you for not being aware of your ammo capacity. It's like that. But for a melee button, it's like stupid. Yeah. You can't melee right now because you got shot yesterday. So <laughs> idiot die now. And then you do. Yeah. And then somebody takes a shotgun and you turn into jibs. And that's <laughs> exactly. it. It's like. Ugh. It's a little meat great pellets. game though. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I I played through. So we played through that, and then I also beat all the Halo games on Legend. Like, oh, it's action tale. The original three Halo games on right. Legendary. The ones that matter. Yeah, and then I'm most of the way through the Mass Effect trilogy at this point. Well, I'm like, I'm just living through like the Xbox like life it's right the, now. the xbox greatest hits or xbox 360 greatest hits yeah. yeah like i just have to start playing like modern warfare and then i'm i'm good i don't i don't know what other big games from xbox 360 uh, era there was uh cameo the launch title oh uh, yeah that lady could who could turn into creatures yeah um yeah. um Kung Fu Panda. Oh, yeah. Kung yeah. Fu Panda. That's that was a big one. Yeah. Got to get that gamer one. score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for free, might as well. Yeah. I can't even think of any other Xbox 360 games. To- I can't. I, I spent like years with that console. And the only other one I can think of is Halo 4, which is not really that different from Halo 1 through 3, I guess. Was 4 on the 360? It was. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. I thought that came out like a bit later. No, I remember it because it was a, it was a big deal when it came out for me and my friends because we like I had just started getting into Xbox Live, so uh, my fr- friend uh, Ben, who's like super into Xbox Live, mm-hmm. like years previous, he got me into Reach, so we started playing Reach, and then Four came out. We were all in line like at midnight to pick up the game. It was like a big old thing, and, Damn. Then, we, and then we played Halo Four online like every night for months. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was that sick. like a good time. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was like one other Xbox. I think it was an Xbox exclusive. It was like an indie Metroidvania game, uh, but it's like 2.5D, you know, and it's like this guy in like a lab. It's called like Quantum something. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Not at all. Fuck. Portal. Um, <laughs> I played through the whole thing. Like I beat that shitty Super Metroid knockoff. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. Hey there, it's it's Bakery from the future. I'm I'm editing the podcast currently. Uh, I don't have my pop filter right now. I apologize, but um, the game was called Shadow Complex. It was also developed by Epic Games. I didn't actually know that uh, at the time of recording, but um, yeah, uh, I'm a little mean about it in the segment. Honestly, that that game's fine. I don't remember much about it, but uh, it was fine. Anyway, yeah, back to the podcast. Happy Halloween. It's a, it's like a really generic like white dude sci-fi game type of name like quantum quantum con- destroyer or something. Well, that was the thing playing through Gears is like it it took us back to that era of like chunky white men fighting their way chunky. through people. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And just like it's like you're in brown landscapes, you've got automatic weapons time to just mow through loads of enemies yeah and all like they all just like say tough guy shit constantly it's yeah. like time to fuck these assholes or something 
That's what he says. Time to fuck these assholes. Time to fuck these assholes. They say assholes a lot. Like that is their main thing to call the the bad guys. Besides Grubs and Glowies, the the racial slurs of that universe. Such timid racial slurs. It like it legitimate like it's believable to me if only because I know at one point darky was a thing to call people yeah. that look like me. What well, and they they could have I mean they could have gone real bad with it. Like there was an enemy called Digger and if they yelled that one real bad. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no. there's they, they could have gone south of it. I'll take Glowy. Yeah, yeah, I guess they're, you know, if say what you will about those big meaty men, they are respectful uh, in, yeah. in some capacities. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember any sort of um I mean that's you know, if you can look at uh, Gears of War through like an Independence Day kind of lens, like there is no racial tension really. I mean, there's class division. They Dom fucking hates uh, stranded. Yeah, which are just homeless people. Which are just people that yeah are they were able just to live displaced in the city. by this horrible warrior fighting. Yeah, and whenever anybody like it's the guy in Gears Three goes like, "Hey, you guys destroyed this whole city." Every you see those ashes of people just in the street. Those were my friends, my family, my coworkers. You nuked them, you assholes. And then Marcus goes like, "My friend died in battle, <laughs> my and bro- that makes I lost it okay." A brother. Yeah, I lost a brother, and it's Bender the whole fucking time. It's, <laughs> it's Jake from Adventure Time doing this fucking voice. I lost a brother, Finn. Yeah. It's, it's 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 extra fucked up because like they really like they shit on these guys but like the cog the coalition of gov- ordered governments nice yeah i looked it up i didn't know there was a meaning behind it to uh, be honest i didn't yeah. expect it uh, so far as i know they nuked the shit out of the world afterwards yeah. so yeah all these people who are like i don't want anything to do with cog fuck those guys those are the stranded yeah. they don't want anything to do with the government that destroyed basically partly destroyed the world yeah which is rightfully so and so as cog guys you're like fuck you guys what you know stupid stranded what are you doing here and i mean uh it's like accidental political commentary (laughs) yeah but like you're on the wrong side of it yeah like uh what is it what is it the third amendment like third amendment does not exist on sarah (laughs) they're just like hey I know we destroyed everything, but we're going to show up here and we're going to ask for supplies and lodging and things. And if you don't give them to us, then you're a piece of shit and we might kill you. Yeah. I mean, the only reason people help out is because Cole used to be a thrash ball player, (laughs) which was apparently the most important sport ever existed. Cole is like the the Tom Brady of that universe. Everyone's obsessed. He's like uh, LeBron James. Like everyone fucking knows him. I think I, I feel like. Maybe it's just because I have bad luck with like random interactions with people, but I feel like there's more psychos worshiping Tom Brady than LeBron. Uh, yeah, Ma- that's maybe fair. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We are not the people to answer this question. Yeah, we don't watch either of those sports. No, but I was like, I was at Safeway uh, shortly after, like a, a couple days after the Super Bowl, and this guy, the guy like ringing me up, like while doing so, asks me like. Hey, you catch the Super Bowl? And I was like, no, nah, I don't really watch sports. And he goes like, oh, Tom Brady scored this many points. I'm like, cool, man. And he's just like, yeah, this that's his X number of Super He's won more Super Bowls than anybody. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know how old Tom Brady is, like 50. I don't know, whatever. And he's like, he's 50 years old and still winning Super Bowls, bro. That's that's nuts. What a, what a legend. I'm like, cool. 
give me my fucking beer, please. Like This guy just learned who Tom Brady is. I know. It's like he just did a fucking college essay on the guy or something, and he just needed to share that. And that's not the only random interaction with a stranger I don't care for where Tom Brady comes up in excessive detail for some reason. Oh, that's so. fair. That's a good point. I know, like, two people who have talked about, like, LeBron James on... Mm. A larger detail and they've never really been strangers so yeah yeah maybe you're maybe you're right maybe so coltrane is tom brady he's the he's the tom lebron he's 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 the tom lebron cody mike or cody kobe may you rest in peace michael jordan <laughs> he's he's every super athlete ever just kind of rolled yeah. into one guy well i mean this Col coltrane runs on whole grain that's so. that he does that was the best part of gears the the, the gears trilogy really <laughs> where you find a cardboard cutout of augustus cole and if you press the button he says the coltrane runs on cold or whole grain whole grain yeah i'll turn to that yeah no that was <laughs> <laughs> like you push that button like eight times. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Also, fuck Dom. I hate Dom. Yeah, I played as him throughout most of the can of the the games, but fuck Dom. Fuck Dom. Yeah. Well, it's funny too because like I uh, the I love kind of the tonal shift from one to two where they're like, okay, guys, we need to make this game bigger and more story intensive. Yeah. How do we do that? Uh, let's make one of them sad about their wife. Yeah. And that's the only trait any of these characters are going to get. That's all he gets. And, like, in between being sad about his wife, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, Carmine, who dies in every game except the third one. Uh, the first two Carmines die, and then the third one pretends to die, and then doesn't. Um, spoilers for Gears of War, I guess. Yeah, so this is a 10-year-old game. Yeah, <laughs> he's 10 years old, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the second Carmine, uh, at one point, Marcus and, and Dom are complaining about dust or something like that. And he's mm -hmm. like, you guys should wear these helmets. They have air filters and you won't actually have to breathe in the dust. Perfectly nice and normal advice. Yeah. And Dom makes a very mean joke about how that Carmine's brother died via a headshot from a sniper. Well, he says, yeah, it's like, you guys should wear helmets because they, they have air filters that will yeah. filter out this dust. And then Dom just says... Yeah, but I wouldn't be able to see snipers. It's like, bruh, that's how my... Like, that's fucked. You know, like, you were there when my brother got shot in the face by a and sniper. And you know, like, that was an intentional malicious Yeah. Joke. Like, Marcus even goes, like, easy, Tom, or something like that right after. Like, <laughs> they both know. And maybe... May, I don't even know if Carmine knows how his brother died. But, like, he basically... He gives them, like, perfectly nice advice. Hey, this thing I'm wearing, it, it solves the problem you're complaining about right now. And <laughs> it, Dom turns to him and he says, your brother fucking died. He got shot in the head and he died like a goddamn bitch. And it's, it's just... That's it, it. It's like when... If you go to lift something and somebody's like, hey, remember to lift with your knees and not with your back. And you're like, well, at least I have a dad. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> It's fucked up. No, that's perfect. That's exactly what it's like. Just perfectly. And then and then Carmine dies in like the next chapter. Oh, and terrible. They don't death. even care. They don't care. No. <laughs> they watch him get eaten alive and they're just like All right. And they just yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I remember in like 2008 or whatever when that game came out, uh like when that happened it was like Ooh, that's a sick burn, or ooh, that's a funny joke. And like nowadays, being a little more like a little more sensitive to people, it's like that's fucked, yeah. dude. It's like it's like Dom being like, oh, she should like, oh, your wife died, or Carmine being like, oh, your wife died, sure wore a helmet. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? That's honestly that that would have been 
divine retribution there if the next Carmine makes a joke about Dom having to shoot his wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a trilogy. Uh, yeah. This, what a time. Yeah. So, it's, wonderful games. Yeah. I'm honestly, I'm honestly excited for the fourth one. Me too, honestly. I'm like, I need... This whole time, like, what's been driving me, beyond just, like, you know, it's fun to play video games and, like, hang out on the couch and whatever, is, like, I need to know how we got from Gears 1, that, like, new metal music video of a video game, to the Gears 5 trailer. Yeah. Like, with the with the heads turning around and the dramatic music and stuff. Which I, I didn't know that the sad music was just a thing. Like, when Dom eats shit like he should have, uh, and Mad World <laughs> Instrumental starts playing, I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I'm so curious. I gotta know. It, it's so weird to me. Like, Gears of War... This is a Gears of War podcast. Uh, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> this is... I mean, we spent a lot of time on these games, so I guess it... Uh, Makes sense. But like I, I've always felt really like especially when I got really into like Metal Gear Rising and like the rule of cool, Gears of War feels really weird to me because it, it feels like a game that was like, wow, Resident Evil 4 was really fun. Yeah. This like crazy, wacky adventure. Yeah. Let's take that, but let's have a gun, like a gun that has a chainsaw on it. Wow, we're gonna combine like crazy B-movie stuff with like a chainsaw gun? That's great. What, what's the tone of the game gonna be? Very somber, very serious, mm -hmm. uh, and very meaty. And it's like, that's what you went for? And it makes it like, I, I think that's why like the weapon variety also sucks in those three games. Oh, it's yeah, like it does. You, they they blew their load on the fucking chainsaw gun, and then we're like, <laughs> what else should we add? And it wasn't until three when they really started adding like any guns that were like interesting. Yeah, and like in Resident Evil Four, all the like because they have the more more or less the same uh, gun archetypes, right? You got your shotgun, you got your sniper rifle, you got your assault rifle, you got blah 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 blah. It's the same guns in every game, really. Mm -hmm. But like. Resident Evil 4, those weapons were, like, fun to use and felt yeah. satisfying when you used them. Uh, like, when you shot a guy in the chest with the shotgun and he, like, flew back or something, you're like, hell yeah. Yeah. Even if he got up afterwards, you're like, hell yeah. And this, like, you walk right up to a guy, shoot him in the face with the shotgun, and he, like, flinches, and then you gotta do it again a couple more times. <laughs> he, like, flinches and then punches you, yeah. and you go down. And then you, you just, yeah, you're just fucking knocked over, and you have to wait for your buddy to come give you a pat on the ass to get back up. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. When you would take a shotgun chest, shotgun shell to the chest, and then Marcus comes up to you, walk it off, pussy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Gears of War, like, this is a thought I had after, like, I was legit, after number two, I was just, like, laying in bed, staring at the ceiling, like, thinking about how much I hated <laughs> Gears of War. And, like, the thought I had was, like, Gears of War is, like, a rule of cool game for somebody who like has an idea of cool that I absolutely hate. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a like, perfect way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, it's like this person who I would never ever want to be around, I would never be friends with. It's that idea, that person's idea of cool. Abs I'm mm -hmm. sorry if anybody out there loves Gears of War. Like if if someone I, who regularly listens to us, like one of our friends is like a big Gears of War fan, we just hasn't come up in conversation. Sorry, but also the thing he really likes sucks ass. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. Yeah, like. <laughs> it's funny like I, I i feel like i have issues with gears of war but like i'm excited like in my brain a year from now i'm like 
Hey, I remember what profiles we used. We can play it on like insanity mode yeah, that's now. Right. Yeah. yeah, foot fetish so Mario. When we get COVID next year, <laughs> we, we we're ready. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, that that just becomes tradition. Get COVID and play Gears of War. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Just like Thanksgiving, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's it was a it was a fun trilogy. It was fun, like. I remember playing the third game and having so much fun and yeah. just being like, I hope we're like, that was the first time where I was like, I hope we're not close to the end. Cause I want to keep playing this yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The, th- like, the third was one fun. was like, actually, yeah, it felt fun to play. And yeah. I was like, cause I like, you know, half, like close to halfway through it. I was like, I don't know if we're, if we're going to get through the whole game today. Like I'm being honest, like it's like a 10 hour game and like, you know, I might just call it early and we'll like finish it up tomorrow or something. And like, we ended up going all the way through it. Like at no point was I like, I need to stop right now. I was just like, yeah, let's keep going Two, I was like, again, the last two hours are just, just pain. Yeah. Was, well, <laughs> the last two hours were like, we got to be close to the end, right? Yeah. Like, it's got to be close to being over. Yeah. And it's like, actually, we need to defend this air base that you've never heard of. Like, what the fuck is this place? It was important during the Pendulum Wars. Yeah. I love how often they bring up the Pendulum Wars and never explain what the Pendulum Wars are. It's got to be in, like, the books or something, right? I looked it up. It's basically just a resource war. It is Between whom? Between Cog and... Ooh, let's see if I can do it. It was oh. between Cog oh. and Yuri, U R I, which is like the unified. Uh, no, it's U I R, the Unified Independent Republics. Oh, I think is it like according a to Wikipedia? Thing? Like they were. I don't know. I think they just disagreed, or like they they needed they, they, the war was over emulsion, which is their oil in that year. Yeah, years. yeah. And so that was the fight, and then Cog won, and then basically as soon as that war ended, um. The locusts show up. Right. So. Okay. So the pendulum war is what causes the locusts to come out from underground. No. The lo- no. The, emo- the emulsion and the lambit oh, pushes that's right. That's right. Uh, pushes them up. Course, the the, the war is just, it's kind of a, and I get kind of why, like having read like cursory amount on like their Wikipedia thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's just a resource war. Yeah. Like it's not a huge thing. But like. Pendulum War sounds fucking sick. That's like, a why cool was last it, name. Yeah, like why was it called the Pendulum War? Like, what, I, I like when I first heard that when I was like sixteen, I was like, oh, maybe they were fighting over like time machines or something like maybe. that. You could, know, that could have been a lot cooler. And like, no, it was just it was just a resource war, basically. Just fighting um, over oil, which they should have just called like the you know the resource war of twenty ninety nine or something. <laughs> like, uh. yeah. I mean, people are never that all that honest about like reasons. Well, we're never all that honest about the reasons we fight wars. Yeah. I find so. You know, <laughs> I guess that carries over even onto other planets, or wherever, wherever uh, the fuck Sarah is. I yeah, whatever, whatever their background is. Yeah, didn't I didn't figure that one out. Yeah, <laughs> who who to thunk that story ain't great. Yeah, um, or at least the the war, the war world building of it, I well, think is not great. I, I don't know. I feel like the, the like. It's the same thing with like Halo and stuff like that. Like Halo's got some deep fucking lore. That so goes I'm with told. It. Yeah, and like I've I've heard some stuff. I've read not a lot. I haven't read the books, but I've read like summaries and. I things. read one of the books. I couldn't tell you a single. <laughs> the only thing I retained from that is that Spartan armor, Mjolnir armor, is really cool. And Master Chief's first name is John. There you go. Probably go. I mean, that's one of the games. Probably, probably a big, big thing. Yeah. It's well, the whole, the whole like Halo's got like deep lore. From yeah. what I understand, and like. It, it becomes really important in four, but like it's the same thing with gears to a certain extent. Um, 
it's like you have really great world building and it's clear that like the world itself is like really important to the people who created these things yeah but your avenue through that world is the most boring characters like i love the master chief don't get me wrong but yeah. he's like to me it's he's built like a uh gordon freeman or something like he's a silent protagonist yeah sure technically he might have some character but that's not the point the point is he's a silent protagonist and you're supposed to go through and everybody's supposed to think you're the shit yeah and then when it's like, Master Chief, we need you to be sad because your AI waifu is like uh, going ballistic. It's like, he he doesn't have the emotional range for this one, guys. <laughs> like, But you're sad because your AI waifu uh, is going ballistic or something. Yeah. It's, I mean, Cortana is like a naked hologram lady, and she's been there since... Since you were in middle school, you know? Yeah. And they really expect you to give a shit about that. Yeah. Which, it's funny. She's in like, your computer. It's, it's, you could say Cortana to your Windows 10 thing, and you probably disabled it, but you could say Cortana <laughs> to it, and she'll be like, hey, what you want? You can what? be like, Google uh, the brownie recipe, and she'll do it. <laughs> well, you know, maybe I'd feel a little more attached, because it was... It was funny playing through the first three games because it's like, oh, it's time to care about Cortana. <laughs> yeah. She's in the first game. Mm -hmm. She disappears about halfway through the second game. Oh, she does? Yeah. You have to like put her into a thing and then you, you know, she's Master Chief's like, I promise I'll come get you. She's like, don't make a promise that you can't keep or whatever. So she disappears about halfway through two and then shows up again at the end of three when you finally rescue her. That sounds right. So for about half of the trilogy, she's gone. Yeah. And then the fourth game is like, time to be sad about Cortana. Like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, uh, maybe there is like a very well fleshed out world in Gears of War. I didn't get that at all no. from the games. I did very much like the football flashback, fla thrash ball flashback, thrash ball flashback. Ooh, that's hard. that's tough. Yeah, uh, that Cole has where he has to plant a bomb, and he in his head he's doing it like he's scoring a sick touchdown. He truck sticks a, a, a locust at one point. It's great. Yeah. That's that's sick. That's cool <laughs> as hell. That's the whole game should have looked like that. That's where three really got its shit together. <laughs> is that everyone is sad about something, <laughs> and I love it because it's like Marcus is sad that Dom dies. Yep. Right. Um, that's his brother. You know. It's, that's he lost a brother. Dom is sad that his wife died in the previous game. Uh, everyone is sad about something. I think Cole is sad about football. Yeah. He's just he misses Thrash football. Ball, excuse me. Yeah. He misses it's football. It's just the field like, looks a little different and the ball's a slightly different shape, but it's it's just football. Like we played through a forty five minute level that was all about how much Cole loves thrash ball. And boy does he. That was <laughs> that was the most compelling element of that story to me. That is the entire trilogy, honestly. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Fucking thrash ball. No, it, it, it redeems Cole. Because I remember when we played the first game, his AI bugged out and would not do anything except yell. Yeah. He's standing there perfectly still as I'm getting the shit kicked out of me by, by wretches. And he's just going like, Cole Train, going to bring the pain, baby. Woo. And I'm just like, could you shoot somebody? No. <laughs> could you, could you get right. out of that corner, please? Yeah. <laughs> He's like spinning in circles, like just spinning in place. He's running in face first into the wall, and I'm just dying next to him. He doesn't care. Time to time to kill these motherfuckers. Yeah. It's like the do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they show him being a badass in cutscenes. Yeah, he has that cutscene in, in in two where he does all that cool shit when he shows up. He doesn't fucking do shit. He doesn't do a goddamn fucking thing. But in three, in three, he's cool as hell. So. He's great. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Uh, Gears of War. Oh, what a great game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if there's any other fun topics you want to talk about. Um, but, uh, otherwise, we can get into Paranoia Agent. I got one game I want to bring okay. up real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so Gears of War 4. It's Gears of War 4. I actually played through the whole thing last oh, night. Yes, I got you. Yeah, just I couldn't I couldn't stay away any longer. No, I've been playing Melty Blood Type Lumina. Oh shit. This game came out uh a I'm couple, starting to see it pop ago. up on Twitter. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh I'm I'm following a bunch I I followed hashtags for this game. That's the first time I've ever done that. <laughs> um Melty Blood Type Lumina is a, the newest in quite some time like a uh, entry in the Melty Blood series, which itself is based on the Tsukihime visual novel, which came out in 2000. It's a, it's like a hentai game. Uh, <laughs> but the, but Melty Blood is a fighting game, Melty right? Blood is a fighting game, yes. Okay. No hentai in it, to my knowledge. Um, in <laughs> fact, I started playing Tsukihime because I didn't actually realize it was an H game at the time. I was just like, yeah, visual novel, why not? And then, like, and I played for hours, literal hours, and, like, n- there was... I think there was one point where someone says something kind of sexual, like in his inner monologue, and that's it. Okay. And then all of a sudden, when they beat the big, the first big bad guy, like the first big chapter is done, and then uh, the main character Shiki has this moment. He's gone to bed the night after the the fight. He's like super exhausted, and he hears a noise. Someone's opened his door and has walked into his room, and he he thinks, and you get a multiple choice. It's like. It could be Arcuade, a sexy vampire lady that he's that he uh, has joined up with. Uh, it could be Ciel, his classmate, or it could be Akiha, his younger sister. Whichever th- of the three you pick, it is them, and then you proceed to have a sexual encounter with that person. Ooh! Out of fucking nowhere, I was just like, "Oh wow, that fight was actually fucking sick." I kind of like this, and then it's like time to get your dick sucked, buddy. And then it's it just. <laughs> It had nothing to do with the plot. It didn't drive the characters forward or anything. It's just like, you did it, and it's time to get that D-Way. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I couldn't go through it. I was just like, I, just, I couldn't. But anyway, Melty Blood. Especially if you pick the younger sister. Especially if yeah. you pick the younger sister. Um, which, to be fair, I, I was trying to find a way out of the age scene. Like, if I pick his younger sister, maybe they don't. I'm an idiot. If I pick his younger sister, maybe they don't. <laughs> and to be fair... Akiha does not have sex with Shiki. Instead, she... There you go. Yeah. That's side incest. We're going to have to like, bleep that. I don't know if we've ever been this explicit on this <laughs> podcast, but maybe we'll like, bleep a lot of those yeah, words. Whatever. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, anyway, Melty Blood is a fighting game. Uh, it's very fast-paced, and like it's just extremely fucking cool at all times. Mm. Um, it has me thinking in ways that I don't often think in fighting games. Uh, I'm not much of a thinking player to begin with. I'm kind of in it, like a, a caveman, you know, when it comes to fighting <laughs> games. So, um, yeah, it's it's just really fucking cool. It has a um, it has a system uh, like you, basically you have a parry. Like if you press the X button on PlayStation, then they'll do like a they'll put up a shield, and if the enemy hits it, then it'll do this like big effect, like you know, like flash effect, and then you can counter. But 
if they get their attack parried, then they can also cancel their attack into a parry. And there's a bunch of different follow-ups that you can do. So at certain points in the match, oh, it just Jesus. becomes this like anime, like this like Dragon Ball Z-esque fight where you're just like parry, attack, parry, attack. You're teleporting across the screen and doing all this crazy shit and just like trying to outsmart the other guy in this like crazy rock, paper, scissors thing. And you finally land that hit and get a combo and it's the coolest shit in the whole world. That actually kind of fucking rules. It fucking rules. How hard is how hard is it to get the like initial parry? Uh, no. Like, it's not hard at all like it's uh it's basically works like blocking in a fighting game so if you're if you're standing then you will block high high and mid attacks but you'll get hit by low attacks if you're crouching and and shielding then you'll block low and mid attacks but you'll get hit by high attacks right um and then if you're in the air it, regardless you'll you'll block it does so, the game have like regular block yeah yeah you can just okay. hold back to block like in street fighter or any <laughs> other like, game really they're just gonna get rid of that shit just <laughs> yeah, expect no. you to parry um yeah and you can like you can hold the button they'll and they'll keep the shield up for as long as you want so like you know they, there's no like mm. super precise timing to it or anything oh um, okay so yeah. if they attack into the shield then then parry. yeah then you you parry and like you can you can counter attack but if they see that coming and it's it's a wide enough window that if you're if you like think that it might be coming you can react to it uh, um so like you pair you blocking or shielding something does not guarantee you get a counter hit that's like cool. it gives you an opportunity to but if they see that coming they can do something like they can teleport behind you and try to hit you they can like you know fly through you like there's a bunch of different ways that it can play out um Ooh. and i've been playing the game online just constantly and getting my ass whooped super hard <laughs> But it is a lot of fun. I really, really like that game. I mean, I feel like that's a the online experience Very with much. fighting games. I mean, I, uh, at least for me, that's the fighting game experience. Yeah, just in general. <laughs> the the crazy thing is, like, I've been I just haven't really had the time to like you know really grind it out. So like, I've only had a few like online sessions. Uh, spent some time in training mode and stuff like that. But like, um, I've been watching like while I'm working and stuff. I just watch an ass load of videos for the character that I play, which is uh, Saber from the Fate Stay Night series. Uh, they put her in because it's all by the same uh, type. Moon made all those uh, all those stories. I I know her from Twitter. There you go. Yeah, it's the it's it's King Arthur with an invisible sword who's also a lady. Um, spoilers for Fate Stay Night. Uh, I guess that came out in 2000. Uh, six, the anime did. So yeah, you're good. Yeah. You're good. Um. Yeah. Anyway, anything, anything that's ten years older, uh, ten years old, like we just have to get over spoiler yeah, warnings for that. that yeah. yeah. Um. It's not a very closely guarded society. Secret. Come yeah. on. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I've been watching an ass load of like saber tech videos and stuff like that, just learning like all the frame <laughs> data and the combos and the mix-ups and all this stuff. So like, I go online and I get dumpstered by the dumbest players. But if it does not matter their rank, if another saber shows up, I have never lost. Oh. Not, I have beaten S rank sabers as a C rank player because I know I don't know how to play anything else, but I know that <laughs> character's frame data and I know all the tricks and ever like you cannot pull anything fast on me with saber. So like I go from playing like an absolute idiot and then I go sicko mode for one game and then I go back to getting my ass beat by everybody. You so. you got to like learn every like it seems like you have the capacity to learn everybody's shit. You just have to like work it into your brain there. Yeah. I mean if I if I end up like taking like really taking the time to study the game. Like and this is the first time I've really felt like doing that in quite some time. Even like newer fighting games that have come out like Guilty Gear Strive I'm like this is a lot of fun I don't really feel like taking this to a tournament Melty yeah. Blood I want to get good at like I want to be as good as I can be at that game yeah you know? man you gotta like, play like anime nerds in hallways that's exactly yeah. hallways bathrooms doesn't matter <laughs> the, the fucking dumpster areas behind the Taco Bell I'll play and Melty Blood with anybody anywhere you're just like in a stall and somebody like slides a controller under it's like alright and just open the door <laughs> yeah, sure. and just go for it you know <laughs> 
that's my like there's there's like i feel like it hasn't happened in a minute i haven't heard about it happening but like there's been a few scandals over the years where like a politician gets caught like soliciting a man <laughs> in the in the the bathroom at yeah. like a public at an airport or something like that and it's like you're super homophobic how could you but like that's that's gonna be how i like you know end up disgraced in the public eye it's like i just i show up in a uh, you know, Del Taco bathroom, and I'm just like, hey man, I got a laptop and two controllers. You trying to play? Just, <laughs> just, just slide a fight stick under the under the stall. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the 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 stranger part is it works for you for the first like five times. Yeah. So. It's, it's I only sixth one that you finally get caught on. I know? only get busted when I go like, oh, you play Miyako? Never mind. Give me back my controller. <laughs> and then they go to the police bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just been kicked out by that Del Taco manager mm-hmm. too many times. Exactly. Yeah. Completely disgraced. Got the picture of my face on the wall and everything. Do not <laughs> let this man order his two burritos and a chicken soft taco ever again. <laughs> I like Del Taco. I do like Del Taco. Yeah. It's the it's like the one fast food place that's like still like cheap, cheap. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You can walk into Del Taco with like three or four bucks and be good. Yeah. You can't do that at like you can't even do that at Taco Bell anymore. Yeah, and well and it's it's fucked up at Taco like I, I still like Taco Bell a lot, but like, I feel uh, I feel like I can't get out of there for like, the, like I used to I, I used to go there all the time when I was like eighteen, yeah, and, all, and younger too, yeah, and just be like, okay, oh, yeah, I've got like six bucks in my pocket, like totally. let's make this happen, yeah, and now it's like. You know, you order one thing and it's six bucks. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I want to let, let me try that quesarito. Oh, that's that's over six dollars. Yeah. And the fucking we're right down the street from the cantina. Oh, God, and yeah. um, so I don't know if they just charge more or whatever. And like, it's good Taco Bell, whatever. Sure. But like I, I went there on like day of uh, like when they opened and uh, they had like alcoholic drinks. there. I'm like, oh, ooh, yeah. time for some fun. And it's so fucking expensive, yeah. dude. Taco Bell, you're supposed to be cheap. I, Where's my cheap beer? You know. Remember when they had that those that line of commercials, like the I'm full, like the the value menu commercials, yeah. and they rolled that out, and you could got like you could get your shredded chicken burrito one dollar, get your fucking uh, beefy five layer burrito one dollar. All those all those items, those are now like they have meals around those. They like the the beefy five layer burrito is like four dollars. Well, did it's crazy? We, did that shit just like fall out of favor or whatever? Because like. I, I, I maybe it's just like the the Sacramento foodie thing is like just getting to me, but like I run into so many people these days. Maybe it's just part of getting older too, but like um, so many people these days who will like spend a good chunk of change on like a meal or whatever. Sure. And like that's just become like the norm. And now it's like when you go out to eat, like uh, an entree or whatever is like thirteen dollars. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. I think like maybe it's and at a, maybe yeah. it's like a gentrification kind of thing or whatever. But like. The crazy thing is, there's not that many, like, restaurants around here that I would consider, like, truly good. good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're fine. Like, I'm not saying, like, uh, there's no good restaurants around here. But, like, if I'm thinking, like, I want to go to, like, a really super quality, just fucking great restaurant, like, there's only a couple I can really think of. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, like, all the other ones are, like, I'm going to pay, like, 16 bucks at, at this place, and it's going to be, like... I don't know, Adalberto's quality. You know? Yeah, or like, or or worse, you go to a place that was good, the prices are the same, and then you get the food and it's like, oh, it's it's shitty. Yeah. Wow. Cool. It's like cat food. Great. Oh, yeah. great. <laughs> what the fuck happened? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, but I don't know. That's what I feel like. Like, I wonder if it just like the value menu shit just like fell out of fashion. So they're just like, well, we might as well charge five dollars because apparently people don't like spending less than five dollars. Yeah. You know. And I mean, shit, the Taco Bell line, the one on on Broadway, there is always fucking like it's super yeah, packed all the time. Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. they're, they're still doing just fine. So why not just jack up the prices? I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's just living in, in California these days. Who knows? God, right? Never lived anywhere else, really. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels so expensive. I don't know. Well, between that and like our rent going up, you know, or I mean, you moved in here, but like the rent went up like $50 or whatever. I was like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> they were they were, they were were trying I mean, to raise we got the rent on us on, at the old place. I mean, we were leaving, so it was like, a, this doesn't matter. But like, yeah, they were trying to raise the rent there, too place that the two of us plus uh, our other two roommates like we place we lived at before kicked us out entirely it kicked yeah. us out entirely so that they could so that they could split our apartment into two or maybe three i don't know some uh, some amount of different apartments and make them look shittier and then charge like way more it kills me dude like i i can't believe how little we paid for rent at one point god it was so nice like moving into the place where we are now like basically like doubled the rent pretty much pretty like, much very close oh. goddamn shame goddamn shame yeah yeah I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But I do miss I do miss value menu stuff. But yeah, you're dead on. Del Taco fucking rules. Yeah, Del Taco's I'd, so good. I'd get, I'd get caught playing Melty Blood there. I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, shit. I used to play Monster Hunter at a, at a Taco Bell all the time. You know, it was like if you're, if you're in the tables, nobody gives a shit. If you're trying to, if you're soliciting people for Melty Blood games in the bathroom, then uh, yeah. then it becomes an issue. Yeah. And <laughs> let me say. The, the Melty Blood in the bathroom thing is like a bit of a meme, and people often use that to say that Melty Blood is like not a good game or not a popular game or something. The the charm behind that is that Melty players are so down to play anywhere. Like people who play Melty really fucking love Melty, and I think that's beautiful. So yeah, don't let me don't let us making that joke make you think that that's you know talking shit about Melty Blood. I've yeah. I've not been like you know a diehard fan, but like I've liked the game the games for quite some time, and like it's it's cool shit yeah well yeah. I, I don't know it, it, i'm noticing it more on like um twitter and stuff like that so who knows it might be played on a tv one day oops one day one day i play i play it on the tv in there oh shit yeah no i, I got it on ps4 actually oh. um i'm probably gonna end up double dipping i'm probably gonna get it on steam too i got a problem because <laughs> they don't have crossplay. because sony's a bunch of bastards god damn um, so might just get it twice. That's a good sign, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's only it's only fifty bucks. It's not sixty. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So you, I mean, you're basically saving money by buying it. Oh uh, yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah. Like, that's I think I think that's it's only <laughs> it only makes sense that I buy it twice. Yeah, yeah. Because 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 if you buy it once, right, you've saved ten dollars. Mm -hmm. Buy it twice, you've saved twenty dollars. So really, if I keep buying Melty Blood. Then I just keep saving money. Uh, once you buy five copies, it actually pays for itself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We're good at economics. <laughs> hey, let me ask you. Um, if you were going to play the Paranoia Agent anime fighting game, who, what character would you choose? Ooh, that's really tough. 
Uh, I might play the 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 sleazy guy from the first couple. This the journalist. I can't remember his name. Oh, see, okay, we're gonna have a good. We're gonna have Kawazu, a good, uh, close. Not like I don't know what you call like a not a mirror match, but like a Ken versus Ryu match. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I want to play as the sleazy cop. Oh, the shitty cop. Okay, shitty yeah. cop guy. They're, they're, yeah. They both maybe this is generalizing because they're both fat, but like it's it's <laughs> they seem like grapplers to me. It's yeah, like, it's gonna yeah. be like a Zangief versus T Hawk kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, you want to get into Paranoia Agent here? Let's do it. Okay. So it's our, our Halloween episode, mm-hmm. and we were struggling a bit to figure out what horror anime we wanted to talk about. Yeah. And Paranoia Agent isn't the scariest of anime, but it's definitely, you know, it's got some thriller moments. It's yeah. got some tense I, I would I would call it a psychological thriller uh, drama, something like that. Uh, definitely not as horror adjacent as a lot of other anime out there like you know because my my initial thoughts were like you know kind of darker stuff like we could watch we could watch um tokyo ghoul we could watch another we could watch higurashi something like that like Mm -hmm. you know more more upfront horror stuff but like one none of those would be very good like you know six episode conversations and uh two the paranoia agent fucking kicks ass paranoia agent is so fucking good Absolutely does. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I just want to say one thing before we get into Paranoia Agent. I listened back to the Jinji Ito episode. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of very nitpicky things about that thing. But at one point, I just, this has always bugged me. And I just want to say, I don't want to like apologize, but just say like how nitpicky I got on that episode. Like I'm aware and that like, I, I had this part where I was talking about like, they need to hide the monster and they need to like, you oh. know, they're, they're, they show too much in the show. Jinji Ito does not shy away from showing his monsters and his stuff. No. He does not hide a ton of stuff in shadows. He's like, I'm going to draw this spooky, weird monster, and it's going to be f- full front and center. Yeah. And it rules. I was getting nitpicky. Uh, I think I was just making generic horror <laughs> uh, trope issue comments. Yeah. So, yeah. I, hopefully, I don't hit that same level of Paranoia <laughs> Agent, which should be easier because whereas we didn't like Jinji Ito, Paranoia Agent rules yeah i mean yeah and they also really fuck up by showing uh lil slugger like full front and center like uh in the theme song so <laughs> yeah bad yeah. show actually. yeah terrible yeah, terrible back. horror anime yeah uh, <laughs> paranoia agent um and there's like you know there's there's while maybe the the act of showing the monster isn't necessarily like where that show falls like it's that Junji Ito does better than most in like showing a monster and having it being like, oh fuck, like this is like really yeah. scary. In like, say, take the end of like Cloverfield, where you finally see the Cloverfield monster that you've been watching it terrorize the city for a whole, you know, the whole movie, and then finally you see it at the end. When you see it at the end, it's like, yep, it's a monster. It's, there it is. Oh, great. Okay, uh, yep. he eats the guy. Crazy. Um, but like when Junji Ito like fi- like shows his like big bad like. It's this big fucking, like, it's this big deal. Like, you know, you turn the page and there's that big, super detailed spread of it. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Junji Ito co- collection? Anime? What was it called? Ooh. Junji Ito. Series? I, the Junji Ito the, series. The Junji of, Ito show. Um, <laughs> starring Junji Ito. Japanese Goosebumps. Uh, <laughs> inverse from the joke we made a long time ago Junji Ito being the or R.L. Stein being the American Junji uh, anyway um, uh, what was I saying the problem there is that like they don't really put a lot of like care into it it seems so like yeah. when they show the big bad it's like there it is, there you it know? is. Yeah. it's just it's just kind of there 
Yeah, so that, that that was a problem I had with it anyway. So yeah, I, 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 I get where you're coming I, from. I, I, I don't know? change what I said. It's just I listened back and I was like, mm, this is a, this is borderline like cringy what sure. I'm saying in a couple spots. So I just wanted to to either clear the air or get everybody to go listen to that episode and be like, wow, yeah, this dude was stupid. So that's kind of the, the nature of like something I didn't realize like you know came with the the job job <laughs> of being a podcaster That's- we've made zero sense off of this believe <laughs> me um but it's something that, that came with the territory i guess is like saying stuff off the cuff like usually we're, we've been like having some beers and we're just joking around just like you know that's what we do and then like you know you listen back and you're like mm, i shouldn't have said that like yeah i I probably shouldn't have wished for the president's death uh, uh, on uh, the Space Brothers episode. Like, <laughs> like I don't take it back, but I I acknowledge that maybe it's not the smartest thing for me to do is wish for the president's death in public. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. apologize. Cause but, fuck that guy. Yeah, cause fuck him. Yeah. And you know what? If he dies, say lovey. But like, <laughs> I shouldn't have actively wished for it. So, you know, we all make mistakes. Yeah. It's part of the fun, right? <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait to hide the the first 20 episodes of Battle School Dropouts from when we finally make it. That legit, yeah. like there are podcasts that I listen to where like, you know, if you like, if you sign up on the Patreon, you can listen to their first 30 episodes that they've taken <laughs> down out of shame because they were so bad. I'm so ready to get to that point oh, where yeah. it's like, yeah, these ones, they have to go in the trash vault because they're really bad. Yeah. Know? Well, we finally got decent mics. Hey. So... Everything's going in the trash vault. That might be the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's a very. That's. I mean, what a way to what a what a place to end is uh, is X arm. That's where we. Yeah, <laughs> where we that's, cut it. that's where you got to jump in. Yeah. Um, okay, well let's let's talk about uh, paranoia agent. Yeah, um, let's do it. So, uh, I got into this show through. There's a um, YouTuber that's huge. He hasn't done stuff in him forever, but. Um, uh, so, uh, every frame is a painting. Yeah. Or every frame is a painting. Every frame a painting. Yeah. There you yeah. Go. Um, great YouTube, great video essays and all that. But he has an episode on Satoshi Kon, mm-hmm. who is the director of this show, and it is, and it really got me into like this show and like what makes this show so great because it's not just like a thriller with like a fun story. Like it's got really good style to it. The editing's really sharp. Um, yeah. This spoiler this show's great yeah no absolutely this is like we were talking about it earlier i think this is like up there with the best stuff we've watched on the like i i think kind of keep your hands off azokin is the only thing in its like caliber yeah personally yeah well and and i'll just say here like if if this like i think everybody kind of knows paranoia agent i feel like a lot of people have like i haven't finished paranoia agent um Episode so eight. Th- gotta watch episode eight. Like if you don't, if you drop this out, I don't. It doesn't sound like you're gonna. If you drop the show later, doesn't matter. Watch episode eight. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, and yeah, and all that. All that to say is like, uh, this is this is hopefully like a wake up call for any anime fans out there. Like, if you haven't seen Paranoia Agent, like this is the you're listening to us. Go jump on that show. Yeah. You know. Satoshi Kon, like, was a master animator. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, like, because I've also seen that, uh, the, the, the Every Frame of Painting, and also all of Paranoia Agent. And, like, there's a lot of, like, just kind of subtle stuff he does, like, you know, throughout the course of, like, you know, just the, the visuals of, like, any sort of ordinary scene, like, you know, has so much more weight and impact to me, like, than, 
than one could ever really expect. Like you don't expect the the uh, image of like a random person standing on a train to like you know evoke the level of feeling that it does. But yeah. like he just every single scene for me like has something like that. Yeah, it's a masterclass in animation, and I'm saying this as someone who knows jack shit about animation. <laughs> well, it's it's a combination too of like the way that he like pairs things together too. Like the, the editing is super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of like the framing of shots and things like that are like there's a lot of like weird close-ups and things yeah and like those kind of make you uncomfortable but they're paired with further away shots that kind of like help set the scene set the tone um like there's the detective guy who loves yelling and sometimes (laughs) when he's getting really intense the camera moves right in on his face and it's in a way that you couldn't do practically yeah and it's in a way that you couldn't do live action and have it be comfortable yeah like if you move the the camera so that it's just my face like you're doing something really weird there but it works within the style of the show yeah no paranoia agent is one of those series is like it is better in every way for having been animated rather than live action yeah you could not pull off and that's the truth for like any of like, we had Paprika, and then we got Inception. And not to say that Inception's a garbage movie, but one of them definitely held up way better than the other one. <laughs> Fat phobia aside. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. Uh, Paprika is really great. The The obvious comparison with this one is um, Perfect Blue, which is oh, yeah. uh, also just absolutely excellent. I, I love all of his movies. Yeah. You know. We almost did um, Tokyo Godfather last Christmas or something. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and I re- rewatched it as just in case, and I was like, "Oh, this is also still really great." I need to watch that again. Like, uh, I watched it for the episode that we didn't end up doing on it because, though, I, I did really like the uh, the Christmas episode grab bag that we ended oh, yeah. up doing. Yeah, and we're doing it again. <laughs> yep, yep. It's it's upon us. It's right around the corner. <laughs> right after that Thanksgiving episode. Ooh. You know? <laughs> I love oh, God. There's so many great Thanksgiving animes out there. Love it. Um, I can't even. I can't even think of one for the joke here. Like, there's. <laughs> I looked it up. There really isn't. Yeah. <laughs> the the fates uh, the the fates day night spinoff where one of the uh, one of the people in the Holy Grail War summons Captain Miles Standish as his uh, as his <laughs> William Bradford Squanto. We're too deep. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even know where we are. The, I, I I said my my history knowledge is bad, but mm. there was a there was a really shitty animated VHS of the story. Air quotes, big air quotes. The story of Thanksgiving mm, mm-hmm. told from an extremely like you know kind view towards European the, settlers. <laughs> um, uh, but it, we my parents made that a tradition to watch that every year until the VHS mysteriously went missing. I had nothing to do with it, but I someone must have gotten rid of that thing. Um, so I know. I know a bastardized version of that story very well, but that's funny. Yeah, that's like the only history I know because I've just watched that terrible fucking cartoon. That's so, many so times. funny that your like family has like a like a like we're gonna actually like this is what Thanksgiving like my family. If if I asked them like on Thanksgiving like what what's Thanksgiving they would be like oh it's pilgrims and Native Americans eating yeah. together yeah and that's it that's the <laughs> end of it we watch football we eat food and and we just get fat yeah like that's that's all we do yeah that's we had wild like, to me we had like one extra tradition on top of that it's like because i don't watch i don't watch sports my fa- like my my family extra doesn't watch sports like i'm the, <laughs> the second most normal person in my family i think and that's <laughs> that's saying a lot so like uh so yeah the, the thanksgiving day parade and the and the football game has never made an appearance in my family's wow. house but we did make sure to watch that terrible fucking cartoon that's every so goddamn funny year. 
<laughs> it was it was from a series of uh, it was from a Mormon animation studio. They did. <laughs> They did a bunch of uh, Mormon like adaptations of like Mormon like stories from the Book of Mormon, uh, like the story of uh, Nephi and and uh, Lehi and and uh, what was his name? Laman, Laman, Laman. Um, a bunch of other ones. I don't know shit about Mormonism. <laughs> and then they did a bunch. Well, let's, let me tell you about Lamanites a little mm-hmm. later, um, please. But uh, then and then they also did like. U.S. history stuff like they had one on like Thomas Edison, the Wright brothers, Ben Franklin, and it was all from like weren't these guys great? These guys fucking rule, right? They're so fucking sick, dude. Anyway, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like Thomas Edison was a good guy in the Thomas Edison. Oh, that's one, you so know? funny, especially in like the the post like Tesla's the coolest guy age. Like which that died real fast. Thanks, Elon Musk. But. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we all know how I feel about you, mm. um, but yeah. Where were we going? Oh, I think we so, were talking about anime at one I point. I think we were talking about anime at one point. Yeah. Um, Paranoid Agent rules. Yeah. I'm excited for the Christmas episode. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a, a super like, oh my God, like throw this on on Halloween because you're going to get terrified. No, but yeah. It's definitely like it it, it, fill, it fits the, the season and all it's, that. It's not scary, but it's stressful. I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's... It, it's kind of like thought provoking too, because uh, so we're going to talk about the first six episodes. So spoilers for the first six episodes. Yeah, um, there's a like it's it doesn't seem like the deepest, but like there's something going on with like the the little slugger slash shonen bat mm-hmm. hitting people, and then all of a sudden they feel better afterwards. Yeah. and so like there's that aspect to it. So there's kind of like this like supernatural, but also regular like is it supernatural is it not kind of aspect going on like it's making you think the whole time yeah he's got this like specter-esque vibe to him and it's it's like as you said like he shows up and he attacks somebody smacks you with his baseball bat and but the thing is these are all people who are going through some like really not only difficult and like you know just like really fucking like tragic shit but also stuff that's like hella complicated like uh the um tukiko is trying to uh create a new mascot for this company even though she already made like their their version of hello kitty like this wildly popular and successful uh mascot like she's trying to do it again um there's uh like all these characters that are like going through some crazy shit and that you can't just like you know wish away or like you know hard work your way through and then all of a sudden, this punk ass kid on roller skates with a bat shows up, whacks you on the noggin, and nobody cares about all that stuff. You can't expect Tsukiko to make her f- next fucking Hello Kitty character because she just got attacked by the psycho. So like her yeah. problems go away. Like every single time, they they replace their like you know the real life problems that they're embroiled with. Uh, they take that and they replace it with like I got attacked, I'm a victim, and let's blame this guy. You know, yeah. he makes this really simple specter, this really simple image to like look at, and like fear and hate and everything else that they're dealing with kind of takes a second, like a backseat to that. Yeah, well, and it, it's more than that too because you have in episode three you have um, the character with uh, like split personality. Mm. And it's, I don't know if it changes in the future episodes, but it seems like when she got hit by the baseball bat, the other personality went away. Yeah. So it's it's not just like a, oh, wow, you've really made my life a lot more convenient. It's also like I have relieved something that is like 
mentally causing you stress. That's a yeah, that's a good point. I've been I've I've been doing some light googling on DID, uh, dissociative identity disorder, aka split uh, multiple personality disorder. Mm. Um, and first off, like want to acknowledge uh much like things like depression and schizophrenia and adhd and stuff like that there's a lot of like the the public consciousness is kind of learning more about did like you know as we get a little more educated on it and like you know it's not as simple as like this guy's normal and then he's a serial killer but like um (laughs) so i this might be like a slightly outdated portrayal of it perhaps but um a common understanding of did is that like a lot of the time it acts as a um basically a coping mechanism for things that are going on. Like if, if I uh, say, I can't remember her name. I always forget it. But the, the lady with DID in the show, like if mm-hmm. she feels like she's like, you know, doesn't have control or like, she's not able to express herself. Like, you know, that other personality that comes out um, in her like system is the word, I guess. But um, that other personality, the alter that comes out is like a way to like circumvent that. I'm not this person anymore, so I can go ahead and do that thing. Yeah. So like maybe that plays in like, you know, the other problems have gone away. So she's able like she doesn't have to have that coping mechanism anymore. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, it does. It does kind of seem like there's something magical going on there. Yeah. Or supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah. 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 And it's 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 really like. Yeah, it's it's super. By the way, all the the ID stuff, I don't know shit about it. Yeah, it's most I knew was I saw the movie Split one time. So uh, (laughs) no, that's that's super interesting. Not even for any sort of ethical reason. I just like, aside from James McAvoy having it, like excellent acting chops, uh, like that movie was not good. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. (laughs) Oh really? Yeah, I liked it. I think I had a um, good time. We'll have, to do, we'll have to do a split and glass episode. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Hold on. I didn't watch glass. Did not oh, hear, you didn't watch glass? I did not hear good things oh, okay. about glass. Okay. So that that might be where our... Because I was like, I was like, fine. I was like, that was a neat James McAvoy acting reel. And then I saw yeah. glass and I was like, fuck everything here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that's what will break me there. <laughs> maybe. But, but maybe I'm unbreakable. Who knows? <laughs> maybe you are. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen you die in a train crash. So, yeah. Hey. There you go. Um, but uh, the... the Funny thing is, the reason I, I started doing this, like these Googling on, I hate calling it research because I'm not researching anything. I'm just Googling and like, oh, there we go. All right, yeah. moving on. Um, but we're like, learning. Yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, we're learning something. The reason I've started doing a little bit of learning on it is because like I found out about uh, this trend of like teenagers basically faking very serious mental illnesses for TikTok videos. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so I found out about that and I was like, uh, I guess I need to learn some more things about this uh, just so I can be educated about this because it seems like it's going to continue because TikTok's an insane place. As a 30-year-old, oh, TikTok is terrifying to I, me. I hate TikTok so much. I, I, I've, like, I started watching some... Because, you know, I try not to be too judgmental about well, sure. new things and all that, but like... Um, and I, ha- I personally haven't come across um, any of the mental disorder faking ones, but I've seen, I've seen people point them out and whatnot. Ooh. But yeah, no, TikTok's a hellscape. It, yeah. It's either somebody just releasing basically the same video over and over or a really entertaining and fun video where somebody is reacting to it. So they just put their face over it and they're like, whoa, oh, that's crazy. Whoa. And like you're blocking most of the video. Dude. That's the most frustrating. Like that's one of the most frustrating types of like we're not. This is not about to become the two old man bitch about TikTok podcast. But but back in my day, <laughs> but back in two thousand six, YouTube in the corner. Back before YouTube was widescreen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Listen, everything was wrong after they got rid of the ten minute limit. <laughs> this is truly. Um, 
you used to we used to like like good productive members of society we would upload episodes of anime in three parts per episode <laughs> you'd watch Yu Yu Hakusho episode 42 part 2 with the in it in 240p with the fucking terrible yellow subtitles that were translated by some 19 year old from Atlanta Georgia and you'd love it um what was i saying tiktok like it's just it's a big platform that's particularly popular with kids and kids are kind of insane they've always yeah. been insane it's this just teenagers scare the living shit out of me it happens um <laughs> but i feel like the ability to have like access to all the other terrifying teens that made all the teens like more like er, able to be freer and more creative with how insane they are yeah um so all this is to say i'm never gonna get on tiktok uh i'm just going to <laughs> suffer the uh extended reverberations through Twitter and YouTube and things like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Twitter and YouTube are basically just becoming TikTok. At this they point. really are. It's, it's just those videos over and over. It's they're mm. all TikTok videos. Yeah. That's why I started watching TikTok. Cause I'm like, I'm already watching TikTok. No. Well yeah. hundred percent hop on there. And I honestly, it was too concentrated. Like I need that filter. I need <laughs> Twitter to kind of like, okay, let's not just show him every TikTok. Get rid of all that. Yeah. Cause yeah. like, some of those TikTok trends are very unsettling. Yeah, it's very, very unsettling. Yeah, the the mental. I saw somebody. I saw somebody talking about like there's this person who like was faking having Tourette's. I saw that video. Yeah, yeah, and like that's fucking shitty. That's what started me down that rabbit hole. I think. Did yeah. Tim send you a link to that I, YouTuber? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah. Fucking Tim. <laughs> once, fucking Tim. Once he gets back from Japan, I'll I'll give him <laughs> one of these and a couple of those. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's get into the episodes. Yes. Paranoia Agent, um, which I guess not to derail what I almost just getting on track, but like, let's talk about that opening theme. So good, so good, so good. It is. <laughs> so I, I I heard this at like a anime panel. So now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't actually know if it's true, but uh, basically it's 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 a loud theme song. Like yeah. It, it starts off with a basically a man yelling. Pretty much. And. Uh, the idea was that it would come on at 11 p.m. at like whatever local Japan time. Yeah. So to wake people up and get them to watch it, you would blare this really loud <laughs> theme song super late at night. I don't know if that's true, but like I love that idea. Yeah. And like having listened to a lot, of, the the composer for this and most of Satoshi Kon's works is uh, Susumu Hirasawa. Um, also did the the 90s Berserk anime um, soundtrack, everything except the opening and ending themes, I believe. Um, so he did the, the Guts theme, right? He did, he did the Guts theme. So if you're familiar with that, like, <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> it's a, the same thing. So nailed that shit. Was that, was, that was actually pretty good. I'm hey, impressed. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's he's, he's like a pretty talented vocalist and also a great composer. And like a lot of the time, it seems like he'll just write an instrument part and then be like, I'm not going to play this on an instrument and then just kind of yell it. And I think that like it's singing, obviously, like he's hitting all the notes and stuff like that. But there is like a yelling quality to it. Like he's really belting that shit out. Yeah. Like it could have been a guitar or something. Yeah, you know? it totally could have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful. Well, and I, and I think lending credence to the, the theory that it was loud so that they could um, wake people up. You like the the ending theme has people asleep like on a thing it's very calm it's almost <laughs> lullaby-esque so it's, it's like very, it's yeah. like okay you were we woke you up you watched our show you can go back <laughs> no, to go bed go back now. to sleep 
That's so good. I love that idea. I, I think that's what's going on. There. No, I, I 100% believe that. Yeah. Like, we have nothing to substantiate it, but it's true to me. It's like, <laughs> that's solipsism, baby. That's just, we, we believe it to be true. Thus it is. Until yeah. someone proves it's wrong. Yeah. Um, but great, yeah. great theme song. Wonderful. Like, I think sometimes we skip theme songs when we watch the shows together. Yeah. And like, I think we watched it every single time. Totally. It's yeah. like, it's really this and um, it was this and uh, uh, what the fuck is it called? Um Jujutsu Kaisen, where it was like, oh. never skip a single theme song. Yeah. Well, in that one, man, when Jujutsu Kaisen changed the theme song. Broke my heart. Okay. When Jujutsu Kaisen didn't, when they changed the theme song and they didn't use the theme song during a fight scene, really, really dock some points from that show. That, yeah. I was like, when I heard that theme song to begin with, I was like, the end of the season where he fights somebody and the theme song kicks in. It's going to be transcendent. And and I've watched most... I think I'm like... I, I haven't seen like three episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen. Oh, okay. Like, that night after we recorded, I watched more Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> like, I loved it. Yeah. Um, we, uh, like... I when they got to the fight where the theme song should have played, I like heard it in my head, and then I heard the music that was playing. I'm like, that's not the theme song, and it, like it just made me mad. <laughs> Especially after watching Hajime no Ippo, where they used the theme song. Oh, like I, that made me love the theme song of Hajime no Ippo so much more. I love that theme. Uh, that theme theme song so good. The Rolling oh, Go great. one. Oh, oh it's so good. The, the, I thought, I, but I thought it was a little bit silly up until they used it in the show during like a training silly. montage, right. and I'm like, no, yeah, great, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's I mean Jujutsu Kaisen's a perfect anime other than those couple those couple things. Yeah. So. Tokyo Ghoul has like a really really great theme song and that one did do that perfectly. So I was just like Ugh. like I don't know like I the felt like center. after that after seeing that moment like where there's this like just dope ass fight scene and then the theme song kicks in at the perfect time like I thought after that episode came out I was like that's the blueprint. Like we never ever have to worry about how to do this again. <laughs> Anyone directing a shonen anime can be like, "Hey, remember episode uh, twenty six or whatever of 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 Tokyo Ghoul? Yeah, do it exactly like that, and it'll always work." It's all, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the Jujutsu Kaisen theme song because it fucking yeah. rules. Yeah, because it's it's an absolute fucking banger. Yeah, because like you could argue because I don't think Yu Hakusho ever did it, and Yu Hakusho one of like the the greatest battle anime ever. Um, it's like that theme song. I don't feel like quite works with the fight scene necessarily. Like maybe once you've won, but like it's not heavy enough. No, Jujutsu Kaisen. Ooh, ooh, it's heavy. Yeah, it's like I mean, it, it like it goes like it's got this really like you know like uh, forward momentum kind of kind of vibe to it. But like it's still it's not like angry or sad or anything. Like it's yeah. still got this kind of upbeat vibe. To, it gets you pumped. Like, yeah. It gets me pumped in a way that Sonic music does, and that's yeah. like the highest praise I can give to like anything. <laughs> yeah, well, I had to you get know, that Sonic mention in. And, and to Paranoia Agents' credit, that they have—I don't think they ever play the theme during the show, but there's like a reprise version of it yes. that they play a couple times, and it's like, wow, this works really well for a theme song. That's the, your first instinct is this is too loud. I need to turn down my TV. <laughs> they yeah. do that with the ending theme a couple times too. Like there's a, there's a couple oh, different arrangements of yeah. that. Yeah. I hadn't really even thought about that. Yeah. yeah. No, like I've I've literally just like sat and listened to the Paranoia Agent soundtrack. Like I'm a <laughs> I'm a big fan of that composer. So yeah. yeah. It's good. I can't blame you. I'll yeah. probably do the same now. Yeah, no, there's all of his all of his soundtracks are great. He's got he's got <laughs> he's got, so, he's got like albums. He has like albums of music that he made specifically just to release the music. So like, yeah, listen oh. listen to Susumu Hirasawa. He is incredibly great. 
That's that's my plug. That's your plug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's it. That's, I, and that's plugs. I will send Show him my over. invoice shortly. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he owes us. Now. Yeah, yeah, we did we did what we said. Yeah, we still waiting on the wrap snacks check. <laughs> I know. Yeah, those fuckers. Um, okay, so let's talk about episode one. Right. So each episode kind of up until like six. Um, kind of deals with like a different character. Yeah. Um, and the first one follows, I can't remember her name. Her name is Tsukiko Sagi. Sagi, yeah. I remember Sagi. Um, so she's like a character designer for, mm-hmm. she, like you said earlier, she basically made the Hello Kitty of that, that world. Yeah. Um, Though they show, uh, <laughs> of course, Maromi. Maromi, thank yeah. you. Of course, I can't remember the simple character name. Um, they show Maromi in a Sega UFO catcher arcade machine, which would imply, I think, that that he would be owned by their parallel universe version of Sega. So one could say that Maromi is that that world Sonic the Hedgehog. There you go. There it is. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Mar- Maromi is um, absolutely adorable mm-hmm. and only gets cuter the more the show goes on for some reason. Like, I kind of went from like, oh, well, that's a cute little plush thing to like, I was looking it up on eBay. (laughs) It gets cuter. Like it kind of gets cuter. The more like deranged it gets. Like when the first time it comes to life and it like, it's, it's picking itself up and it's, it doesn't really have bones. So it's kind of like squishing against it. And it's like head is too heavy to like lift up properly. So it's like head is kind of squish it. Like the, everything it does that is uh, otherwise would be kind of unsettling. I find just the cutest fucking thing in the world. Yeah, it's kind of like a beanie baby that's lost some beans. Yeah, yeah, you know? kind of. It's like it's, it's well loved. Yeah, you know, definitely. And that's kind of the vibe I get from Sagi in throughout the show, but especially in that first episode, is like um, Maromi feels like. Uh, like, yeah, it was lightning in a bottle, but it was also something that was really important to her. Yeah. Because she carries that little doll everywhere, and I imagine it was like, she had Maromi for, like, ages before she actually, like, pitched Maromi as, like, a character. Oh, you think you know? so? That's, like, you think that's my thought. Doll. I see, yeah, I like, like, growing up, she had Maromi. Maybe. And that's why, when Maromi starts talking, that's why she's just like, yeah, no big deal. Oh. You know? Because, like, that doll, excuse me, that doll's been talking to her for ages. That's it. I didn't. I didn't have that angle on it, but I. I kind of like it. That's cool. Yeah. That's that's my. That's my thinking. Yeah. I. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But you know, I've only seen the first six episodes. Sure. Sure. But that's that's my thing. It, it it really feels like something that was like, and that's why she's having a hard time replicating that lightning in the bottle. Yeah. Or at least the way I see it is because, um, you know, she had this character for like 10, 20 years or yeah. whatever. And now she has to make another one. Totally. Like, within the span of like a year. You yeah. Know? Yeah. They they definitely show um started that sentence and then fucking forgot where I was. Where <laughs> oh, they definitely show that Maromi's been around for like years. Like it's, yeah. it's like, you know, it's her greatest work and he's been around for a while. And I like, I guess for me, like as someone who like I, when making music and stuff like that, a lot of the time I'll like, I'll make something that I really like. And then I'll be like, okay, I'm good for a minute. And then I'll like play some video games and do whatever, take a little bit of a break, practice piano, whatever, but like not write something for a while. And when I, when it finally comes time, like, okay, I want to write something new. I go like, how did I ever even make that? Yeah. Like, how how am I ever going to make something that compares to this thing I've already made? Like, that was, like, a practically completely different person than I am now. And, like, <laughs> so for me, like, it, it was, like, um, 
Tsukiko is like sitting there trying to one up her magnum opus by Monday. Like they yeah. and literally, literally her boss or whatever goes like, hey, uh, they're asking about that new design. Can you have it on my desk by Monday? Like, you know, she has to do it right the fuck now and is obviously dealing with some writer's block or creator artist block on the side, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I I, th- I like that whole first episode because it feels very relatable. Where it's like you have to create something great in the span of like what is maybe four days, and then when like she feels uncomfortable and she's running and she skids her knee and she drops all of her stuff mm-hmm. and she rips her shirt, it's like fuck. Yeah. I've been there, really going through it. Yeah, yeah, just everything going wrong. Oh, that's so rough. And then you get hit in the face by a kid with a baseball bat. Yeah. Well, she got hit in the leg by the kid with a baseball yeah. bat. Yeah. She, I guess she dodged or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that yeah, and that's and that's I didn't realize that when I watched that episode. They bring it up later that she gets hit in the leg. Yeah. They they're not um, super clear about it before, but they they, they well, do show. Yeah. Like her. I didn't I, I didn't know until like episode six. Or something. <laughs> like I I thought she got hit in the face. Yeah. Because she's got the like the crutch and stuff like that, and her oh, leg is all bandaged. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I thought she was just wobbly from getting. Okay. Oh, sure, maybe. No, that makes no because yeah, they, they definitely yeah later episodes they're like yeah you got hit in the leg yeah and because it, and it's interesting because the other characters I believe got hit in the face. Uh yeah I think I. Think I think all yeah. of them did. And, uh, and the, there's the detective who's like, I don't know if she really, it, like, if she did get hit or if this is just a convenient thing for her. And he's on it, that trail from the very beginning. Like, yeah. he doesn't, he smells something's up, like, from the word go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I like, I like the detective pair. I like old detective and young detective. Me too, yeah. Like, like we say in every, almost every episode, fuck cops. Fuck cops. But... I always love the buddy cop like dynamic where you have like the young by the books trying new things guy and the old grizzled veteran. Yeah. And now they have to work together. It's like that's going to be the perfect combination even in a post cop world. <laughs> like I'm still going to love buddy cop movies after cops are done. Very true. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Absolutely. Th- those two are a great pair. I mean, like we say, fuck cops, but like, you know, it's. <laughs> fictional universe and this is a fictional universe where i mean the these two cops in particular are okay some other cops yeah. not so great but i mean they're trying to catch a guy who's hitting people in the face with a baseball bat and that's, that's and that's their reasonable. their primary job we never see them do anything bad they don't even we see other cops ticket. do bad things so presumably our cops are the good cops it's just a few bad apples like just a few bad apples yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah i like the first episode a lot yeah i, yeah. I really like her character i love maromi yeah maromi is a just a cute ass fucking map and i and like i said it while we were watching but like in a in a show you wouldn't really expect to need a mascot like it's not the kind of show where you expect to see like the suit like cowboy bebop has like ein you know yeah. like there's like a lot of anime where they like have their like their little guy ttgl has like buta and stuff yeah. but like in this it's just like you didn't need to have an adorable thing but like god damn you fucking nailed it yeah it, it, it's it's funny too because like i i feel like moromi's design is not inherently like super cute but it's also like the way it's presented in this the show yeah like there's all these times where moromi is looking at things and like there's a part it's a really quick cut but like where um Soggy gets like startled by the old woman going through trash. Oh yeah! And as she jumps back, you actually—it was—it's only like maybe six frames, so maybe I'm reading too into it. But it looks like Maromi gets scared too. Really? Back. Yeah. I never like, noticed and that. The, and it—it's it, just a coincidental thing of like she's jumping back, so the bag is moving back. So yeah. obviously Maromi's moving back. But the way that shot is kind of like works, it feels like Maromi's like whoa. 
And it gives it gives Moromi just that little bit of character before Moromi even starts talking. Yeah. And then Moromi's got the cutest little voice. He does. So. He's, a, he's a cute little rascal. Yeah. Just like, want one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm getting one. You are? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, if I have more beers, it's happening tonight. Uh, uh, you got any other thoughts on episode one, or you want to move on to the second one there? Uh, I, I really like... Um, uh, I really like Kawazu, like the the journalist guy who like kind of creeps on her. A Left bit. out a huge character. Yeah, uh, he's he's this like just real piece of shit journalist. Uh, he starts harassing um, Tsukiko uh, after the attack because she's like made the news and stuff, and um, he's just continually just a real fucking piece of shit. Yeah, and I he he does unconscionable stuff, but I kind of love him. Like he's just he he's got that sort of lovable scumbag energy as like most Joe Pesci characters, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the the scene where he's um he's like having dessert lunch with Sagi, yeah, and um and he's like reading the notes that her coworkers who hate her um are saying about oh, her. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really great scene, but it's, it's it that extra little bit of style where he covers his mouth so you like you the audience can't see it mm-hmm. and the voice actor becomes one of the women. Yeah. It's like that's such a good thing. Like you could have just had him read it and it would have been fine. Yeah. It would have still worked. But like that extra little touch. He's you know? doing these like like from diegetically he's doing these like spot on impressions of these women. To the point where we see like their eye makeup and stuff on him and, and whatnot. And Soggy's able to recognize who is saying what yeah. about her. Yeah. Which like is he's, super depressing. It's super, yeah, that sucks. Like, the fa- not only the fact that they're saying all that awful stuff, but the fact that Tsuki goes like, just, she obviously knows, and she's like, obviously kind of at peace with it. Like, obviously not yeah. happy about the situation, but she's just like, oh, that's this one person. That That's that's the lady who sits here. You know, she knows exactly what they're saying. And that's the funny thing, uh, kind of, about her character is... Um, it almost feels like the doll has more personality than she does. Yeah. Like she she doesn't say like she says just like yes, no, like she she's very short sentences and all that. Doesn't even answer a lot of like questions asked to her. But the doll speaks in like full sentences and whatnot. Yeah. You know, when it does speak. So it's it's interesting like how she's almost more empty than uh Marimo is or I I, I said the name. Maromi. Maromi, yeah. thank you. Uh, if I'm not looking at the word, I can't say it. Um, yeah, it's almost more um, more empty than Maromi. So it's like I, there's something there's something going on there, stylistically, metaphorically between the doll and uh, Soggy, like yeah. and their personalities. No, that's a that's a very good point. Yeah, like it's it's almost as though her personality is like split between herself and the um and the the doll not in a split personality way but um like you know the doll is saying stuff for her that she simply cannot yeah and to her that she's not ready to say to herself well almost like what you were saying is like it is almost like a um like a coping mechanism. like a coping mechanism yeah yeah totally. yeah like she's maybe been through some shit and the doll is kind of saying what she needs. She wants to hear. Yeah. Or feels like she needs to hear. Yeah. Because she doesn't have any sort of companionship outside of that. So. Totally. Totally. You never see anybody at her house or she never seems to go out with anybody. Yeah. So. No, she's. Yeah. No, she's very alone. Yeah. You, now that you mention it, she doesn't have any friends or family or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Tough life. Episode two. All right. Let's do it. 
Episode two, I love. So episode two follows. Um, I didn't write down his name. Yuichi. Yuichi, thank you. Yeah, Yuichi. Yeah. Um, it follows him, who's like the most popular uh, sixth grader in school. And textbook that's, alpha male <laughs> just, through and through. Just women love him. Boys want to be him. Mm-hmm. All that jazz. Um, best grades, best in sports. He can ride. He can do sick ass tricks on his rollerblades. He he's got it all. I, I, yeah, like he does the thing where he smiles and then it does like the 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 glint, the little twinkle, of, yeah, yeah, a little twinkle, yeah, so good. And it, and it happens a lot, like mm-hmm. to the point where it's like definitely like uh, it's for, like trying to be on the nose. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. And uh, yeah, so it's so it's a great episode because you have this very confident shitbag of a child <laughs> and uh he matches the description that uh soggy gives for the person who attacked her yeah so it's he's, like he's a kid on roller skates who plays baseball who plays yeah. baseball so he's yeah. got the bat he's got the golden roller skates mm-hmm. which soggy mentioned that the the assailant had yeah so ooh. really fits the bill yeah yeah so everybody kind of turns on him yeah and it's it's such a, a great episode watching this, like just, just like popular, like like the the it's almost like the protagonist of the episode is the mean kid from like a Disney original movie. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the Sharpay Evans of <laughs> well High School Musical reference. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's the he's the Sharpay Evans of the paranoia uh, agent world. Yeah, yeah, but it's 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 a lot of fun following it from his perspective yeah you know because like, he's like I, I, he's like running for student body president and there's the the other kid um whose name i don't remember ushiro something like that maybe yeah. I'm, I'm yeah anyway this kid's like you know t- he's very likable but he's like tubby and like kind of awkward and like weird yeah. and like he every time he sees that kid he just can't fucking stay like you get to hear his inner monologue and this like you know totally great kid like this model you know teenager or preteen is like that fucking fat ass piece of shit i swear to if he looks at me one more time god fucking damn it you know well and he, it's it's fun because it's like you're as things spiral out of control for popular kid uh for ichi um it's like he starts to construct this like conspiracy theory narrative around um, the other kid, and mm-hmm. it all matches up. And he's like, "How is he doing this? Is he's he's like this perfect mastermind? You know, he's doing all this, and then he's trying to be nice to me yeah. too. Like, it's it's so smart putting it from like the kid's perspective of like watching the world fall apart. Totally, him. totally. And it's like, I mean, Ichi, he's a he's a little shit, but like yeah. you know, he's he, he he's going through some tough stuff. He just happens to match the profile of like a serial assaulter, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot for a kid to deal with. You know, everybody thinks that you're running around smacking people with a baseball bat. Um, yeah, nobody come nobody came to his birthday party. You know, oh, yeah. all that stuff. It's real sad for this kid who's used to being like everybody's favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and the level of self confidence that he has with. Um alpha shit yeah where he's just like yeah once i do this everyone's gonna love me <laughs> yeah and it's like you can't do that yeah like, you know like almost no acceptance for the fact that he's like also a child yeah which i i feel like a lot of kids have you know that's yeah i mean yeah. that's what it is <laughs> you know yeah so i i it, it's like it's it's a funny episode like literally because like the first episode is like ooh what's this weird psychological thriller show and the next this episode's like genuinely funny yeah yeah 
And it, it goes back and forth between that, like, stuff that's genuinely stressful and stuff that's, like, you know, dark, but, like, also pretty fucking funny. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, like, horror and comedy are kind of, like, two sides of the same coin. Totally. Right? Where it's, like... Um, you know, you have the setup, you're, you're building up to something scary happen or you're building up to something that's going to happen and you need that release. And that release is either a punchline or a scare. Yeah. You know? No, that's a very good point. Um, but the, the structure is largely the same. Yeah. So I, 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 I see why a lot of like horror stuff has comedy elements and some t- and why that doesn't always break the movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's a lot of horror movies that I watch more to like, not necessarily laugh at them because, of, but but more that um, they entertain me in a way that a comedy does more, like like Evil Dead or something yeah. like that, you know, yeah. or, or most of the Saw movies, all the Saw movies, really, <laughs> um, stuff like that, like yeah. Final Destination, all that shit is like I like it because it's over the top and kind of stupid, and not because I find them actually scary or particularly thought provoking. You don't find Saw thought provoking? It's so crazy how. He rigged traps for people who did something bad once. Only the part in Saw 4 where the guy's uh, mouth is sewn shut, and then after he gets out of the trap, he has to like rip it open by just like opening his mouth and goes, Bah! And then like it's bleeding out of it. <laughs> that makes me think, God, that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's those movies. Let's see. The God, that God. would suck, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's very true. They made eight God, that would suck movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the part where Amanda has to dig through the pile of needles. He's got to find a hay in a needle stack or yeah. whatever. It's like, that would, that would really suck. Yeah, that would suck. I don't like needles either. You know? Yeah. It's like, I'm not like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a phobia anymore. Used to. But, um, yeah, that's that still sucks. Yeah, I mean, I just, me everywhere. I just, I have a very low pain tolerance. So anything that's like, uh, you need to cut your arm a little bit so you can like get this little key. If you bleed even a little bit, Stu, you can get out of this thing. I'm like, mm, just kill me. Just, yeah. have the, just have the thing explode my jaw. Yeah, it's just fine. do it in a humane, quick, painless yeah, way. Or work it. I'm not yeah. here. I'm not here to suffer. Yeah, and a lot of them do. They just like you know rip your fucking face open. You're yeah. done. You're done instantly. Yeah, yeah, the head, the head rip open thing seems pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or like the, the your neck the, snaps pretty hard. Totally. Yeah. Or like the the helmet thingy that like you know just impales your face all at once. Yeah. Fine. Sure. Yeah, sure. That's whatever. Just, yeah. I don't. I don't have. Uh, I, I've, I've got a pretty decent pain tolerance. I think. Um, you know, I've I've I'm been into boxing and things before. Like you know, I've been mm. punched in the face many times. I've paid money to get punched in the face. Um, <laughs> but when I was younger, I had to do a blood. Being an overweight kid, what the doctor experience is like, you go into the doctor because you have a cough and then they tell you that you have diabetes and you have to go get your blood taken every like <laughs> every time you go. Um, so I would go into the doctor. He'd tell me I have diabetes. I'd do a blood test. He tells me I don't. That's just, that's just the game. That's how it's played. At one point, <laughs> I have to go do blood work again. And there is this fucking kaiju of a man there is just this humongous linebacker, like just the most terrifying dude you can think of. The, he, he is the guy taking the blood that time and I wasn't that scared of the needle I was terrified of that dude <laughs> and I ended up like I was screaming I was trying Whoa. to get out there are, like my mom is trying to hold me down this guy's getting very agitated because he didn't ask for any of this he's just doing his job Ugh. and like I'm just going absolutely fucking ape shit because I don't want that guy anywhere near me with his needle that's and, so weird <laughs> right and from that moment I had a, I had a fear of needles and then I had to go to Africa, or I went to Africa and had to get like a bajillion immunization. So I, yeah. I got over it. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, because I had to get pokes by like a million needles. So I, I had a, a similar thing. Let's let's get into the horror shit. <laughs> uh, I I never had a fear of needles in the slightest mm. uh, up until I was like 18 or so. Really? So I would, uh, at my school, like I'd gotten shots and stuff. Never really bugged me. Um, and then we they had like blood drives and we would give blood because yeah. they wanted to get out of a class. Yeah. And uh, so I would go to give blood and there was one time... I don't know what the deal was either. I didn't drink enough water or the nurse didn't know what she was doing, but she could not find my vein. Oh, I, and I, just, happened, and just yeah. had to like dig around and it hurt so bad that now whenever, like whenever I get a shot or anything, like I can, like I got my COVID shot. I got it and it wasn't a big deal, Same. but I can't look at them do it. <laughs> like I, like when, like I got it in the thick, my left shoulder and I just, I turned to my right. Like it's, yeah. Uh, I I can't I cannot watch the needle go into me. Anymore. Yeah, I had the I had a similar experience with that one time. I also had a uh, different kind of horror, specifically with my high school food or blood drive. Like this was me like finally this was like the last getting over my fear of needles because I'd I'd gotten shots, but this was my first time since then getting my blood drawn. Mm. Actually, second time. The the one time before that was the same situation happened, and it was a horrific experience. Anyway, but at the high school blood drive, and I'm like, it's my senior year. It's like my last chance to do it, and I'm like, I got to prove that I'm over this. I got to do it. And so I go and get my blood drawn. Nothing goes wrong. Um, But I get a phone call like a month later, and they're like, hi, uh, this is so-and-so from Blood Source or whoever did it, and uh, we wanted to talk to you about your, your blood donation. And I was just like what's wrong? And they were just like, well, there, there, there's an issue we have with your blood. And I'm just like, I have HIV I'm or, or, or something. I'm, <laughs> I have this awful disease I didn't know about. And this is how they're going to break it to me all because I decided to go get my fucking uh, blood done. It turns out I'm uh, AB positive, which a very small population part of the population has. And the only people compatible with my blood type are the people with my blood type. So my oh. blood is virtually useless. Um, I found out, but, but like also AB no, but you guys can take AB can take blood from like O and all that. Universal whatever. receiver, I think. But uh. the only people who can get AB blood, AB positive blood, are people with AB positive blood. Oh, yeah. So just worthless. Yep. My plasma, however, is very valuable. So I get calls, people trying to get me to sell my plasma to them sometimes. Yeah. 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 Because because universal donor for plasma, oh. it's, the, it's the type O negative of plasma, but it's like very rare blood type. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Snazzy. Yeah. I just got regular blood and regular plasma. <laughs> just the regular, sure. yeah. Just, <laughs> just peasant plasma. Just basic <laughs> shit. I don't have any of that O positive or whatever that works for everybody. I don't have any of that shit. Is it, is it O negative? Though? I don't uh, know. This is one of those. I can't even remember what blood type I have. <laughs> like, if I went to a hospital and they're like, what blood, you know, like, we need to get you blood. What kind? I'm like, I don't know. Just what a dealer's choice. The red kind, you know. Yeah. Surprise me. Surprise me. Oh, the blue blood. Yeah, there you Wanna go. Want to be a cop. Yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get into episode three here. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so episode two, absolutely excellent. Um, I love all the twists and turns that happen to the kid. The beginning of episode three, where they there's there's a, a sex, there's people are people are having sex. People are banging. People are fucking. And they're loud, and they're in a, a guy's apartment, and this guy is like a big sweaty nerd. And when they're done, he he sits up. The lady goes, to, she's like, I gotta go shower. While this happens, the guy sits up and he looks at his anime girl figurines and he says, good job, everybody. You all did great. I love what you were doing. I love what you were doing. 
just the height, peak Sigma behavior right <laughs> there. That guy could teach us all a thing or two. The the Weeaboo Sigma grind set. <laughs> the Sigma grind set is in full effect right here. That, I love He that doesn't guy. even acknowledge her existence after that moment. I'm sorry I, to cut you off, but oh my God. <laughs> Champion. That character is so absolutely ridiculous i love every time he shows he showed that's like the second time he's shown up yeah I think. yeah um, he shows up in like episode two or one or one of those and yeah. he's just kind of around yeah and uh god it's so good like whatever like a twitter thing comes around it's like what anime character are you and people are like posting picture i'm like that's that's me that's, <laughs> uh, the, the big weeaboo with anime figures all over the place it's that meme of like the wojack guy looking at like kirito or whatever and being like <laughs> wow he's just like me it's like we're watching <laughs> paranoia age in episode three it's like wow he's just like me yeah oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no i i hold no illusions i want to be kuobara but i'm not <laughs> I will. I will one day be Netero from from Hunter Hunter. I will. I will pray and then punch and then pray again. Yeah, that's there you go. what I'm moving towards. <laughs> well, you got to get old enough too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to live a couple couple more centuries. Yeah, I and then you're, then you're good. I got it. Yeah, yeah. one of these days. Um, so this is the episode about like what we were talking about earlier. Um, I didn't write down her name, but she's got basically split personalities between um, herself, who's like a Harumi. Harami, okay, uh, but uh, between Harami, who's like very um, mild mannered, chill kind of person, just kind of wants to yeah. kind of live a very like plain life. It's very, she seems very like studious. Uh, she works two jobs. She's a private tutor for kids, and then also a, a, the assistant to a college professor. Yeah, just a very she. She has she has kind of a normal vibe in the in the sense like in the same way that like a Shin Megami Tensei character does. Like <laughs> she's like I'm normal, but also I'm probably part of a like a accelerationist doomsday cult or something. Yeah, like, she's got. Well, kind of like she's a little too unique amongst all these other people who are like that's just a guy you know yeah what well, i i like the reveal because we start with her the other personality maria mm-hmm. who's like a uh, like a prostitute Ooh. and um so you start with her and then she takes off the wig and oh my god it's the private tutor from the second episode yeah what's she doing yeah why is she doing this and then to like kind of slowly like about halfway through the episode you're like oh they're the same person yep. whoa yeah it's a it's a it's a cool twist, and I love that they their form of communication is leaving messages on each other, like on the answering machine. Yeah, you know? yeah. I thought that was a really cool touch because I really like how the the first the, the, the like the first couple minutes it starts off, and Maria's like talk like on her cell phone. It's like you have one message. How can you keep doing this? And like my assumption was, oh, that must be like her mom or something like condemning what she's doing. Yeah. No, it's her other personality. Yeah. It's like, Oh, that's good. That's rough, yeah. And, like, they start, like, before long, they start really blurring the lines of, like, who came first. Like, who is who is the person and who is the, like, the alternate, you know, personality kind of thing. Mm. Um, and said it before, I want to be very clear, like, you know, there's a lot of information coming out about DID lately. Or, like, people are becoming more aware of it. And this might be an outdated, like, portrayal of it. We don't mean to, uh, you know step on the toes of anybody or ruffle the feathers of anybody who might know someone who's dealing with this or anything like that. We're just 
we learn and we grow and you know this thing came out in like 2006 or something so yeah it is well, what it is and and it's interesting because it also like it fits the the theme of the show like totally you have, you have characters who are kind of disconnected from reality you know who they they see the world one way but it turns out things are kind of different than they expected them to yeah. be you know totally and not in a like oh my god it turns out we were all lovecraft the whole time it's <laughs> like you know it's just like oh my my perception is just wrong yeah you know and hers is like the the biggest one where it's like i don't actually know where i am half the time yeah you know yeah like she there's a lot of moments where like harumi will like you know kind of snap back to reality and realize that until that moment that Maria was the one in control. Yeah. 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 And it gets, you know, I, like, oh, and this is just what makes the show so juicy and good <laughs> is like, there's all these complications. Yeah. Like, um, you know, there's such different personalities, but Harami is like going to get married to this very plain guy and she wants to get married. But obviously the other side being this like prostitute who wants to just like keep doing the prostitution thing that doesn't match up and so it's like oh i have to tell my soon-to-be husband but oh how do i do that oh my god i'm like losing my grip like and like as the two of them kind of fight each other it's like oh this is so good i would like honestly like harami i think is like my favorite harami and maria the the system of the two of them i think like is probably my favorite are my favorite characters of the show. Yeah. Or, or at least from these six episodes. It's, again, episode eight's really, really good, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> no, it is there. You should watch episode eight. Um, but yeah. Anyway, they're my two favorite characters. I would watch a whole series about just the two of them. And like, honestly, if I had one complaint about this, this episode and like as a whole is like, I wish we had gotten like, I wish as juicy as it is, I wanted like more of it. Because yeah. like, you know, it, it the, the episode ends basically them like it's coming to a head. Maria is literally dragging, like, you know, they're both they're both conscious, they're both fighting for control of their body, and Maria's like effectively dragging Harumi through the street, and then they get whacked by by um Shonen Bat by yeah. by Will Slugger, and when they wake up it's just Harami. Yeah. And it seems like she just stays just Harami after that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see in future episodes, like if it, if it's true relief or if it's like just suppressed something temporarily. Yeah. Um, and I have a vibe that it's going to be the latter, but I don't know. Quite possible. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I talking about this, it's, it really feels like this episode might be my favorite. There's another contender that we'll talk about in a minute, but uh-huh. I think this was the episode where I was like, "Oh shit, this show's like fucking going places." Yeah, like, this is this is heavy. Totally. Um, like every episode is like really solid. There's like some standout ones, like episode two, like has, is one of those that like you know that stuck with me for a long time because I've yeah. watched all. If it wasn't obvious by now, I've watched all of Paranoia Agent before. Um, but like episode two is one that stuck out with me, and then episode ten or eight, like I've said. Great. Uh, three is the one that like really stuck with me this time. Yeah. Like everything that goes on, like really, I feel like encapsulates what Paranoia Agent is like about to me. You Absolutely. Know? Like yeah, so fucking good. Oh, it's so good. So episode four, uh, I really like the the setup to this episode three, where it ends with like uh, the Shonen Bat has been caught by an off-duty police officer. Yeah, and then following him with the events that lead up to him catching. Uh, excuse me, that lead up to him catching Shonen Bat. It's like, you know it's coming. When's it going to happen? <laughs> Ooh, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked episode four a lot because, man, 
this cop sucks. Yeah, this guy's <laughs> it, like just terrible. It's, yeah, it's honestly difficult to write a character this fucking unlikable. It's it's funny too because it's like, uh, you know, it kind of starts out with like, okay, he's he's a bad guy, but. He's got some redeemable qualities, you know, almost, almost like your, your Tony Soprano, Walter White kind of guys. Where he's it's kind like, of a lovable scumbag. Like, yeah. He's got a little bit of that Kawazu charm, like at the very beginning. Yeah. Like he's a shitty guy. He takes bribes and all that. But we know part of the reason he's doing it is he's keep talking about, oh, I'm doing it for my family. I'm yeah. doing and then you see more. And it's like, well, he's spending a lot of money on like prostitutes and gambling. So I don't really know if he's doing it for his family. And then by episode like six it's like oh no he just sucks yeah like there's i'm struggling to find a redeemable quality about this man i don't know that there is one yeah that guy sucks ass but, fucking terrible but he sucks in such an entertaining way too like it's he doesn't like drag the wind out of this episode or it's like <laughs> yeah this is this is great no yeah no totally um yeah it's it's definitely like a, a different angle because like every other um I guess, like, episode protagonist we've followed up until this point has been, like, in some way or another, like, likable or at least relatable. Like, even mm-hmm. though Ichi's, he's a little shit, but, like, he's, you know, he's We've, we've been kids before. We've been I, kids. I was, we've been I was the shitty, shitty kids. kids. Yeah, yeah, totally. But, yeah, so, like, even Ichi is, like, sympathetic and relatable in some way. This guy, and I'm, he's just gonna remain shitty cop. I don't have the slightest <laughs> clue what his name was. Uh, but this guy fucking sucks from the bottom up like there's yeah. nothing likable about this guy by the end of the episode yeah uh, other than terrible. like how kind of wacky he is he is wacky yeah I, I, it, not that that makes him like somebody i'd want to hang out with but it definitely makes the episode entertaining yeah you know and i love how two-faced he is <laughs> i love i love when he's talking to like old grizzled detective mm-hmm. and he's like i'm doing this for my family i'm just a hard worker and at the same time it's cutting to shots of him like hanging out with women who aren't his wife and yeah. doing like karaoke and drinking and in the previous episode in episode three he even sleeps with maria yeah so yeah and like has lines and is a part of that episode totally so. Uh, yeah, it's fucking funny. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just the worst fucking guy. And he's got this, like, his whole... He's got he's clearly got this, like, idea of, like, there is a material list of steps to be a good man. Like, he even talks about, like, you know, his whole goal is to, like, finish his life as a good man, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're, like, you know, it's, it's very much mimicked in, like, you know, or, like, you know, the same thing in, in I would say, American culture, like, you know, traditionally. Like, we, we understand the steps one needs to take to be a good upstanding man and like, you know, member of society. Like you, you get married at this age and you have a kid and you work your job and you put him through college and blah, 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 you know? Um, and that, that's like what he's trying to do. And like that house is like that, that, um, the, the house that he's having built, yeah. uh, ends up being this kind of symbol of that. I feel he's like, it doesn't matter any of that other shit, the gambling and the, the prostitutes and whatever, like that's just all like what he does in his off time. The fact that he is, Paying for, like, you know, he's supporting his wife and his daughter, and he is having this house built. That is proof, like, and a visible sign that he is a good, honest man. Yeah. You know, and it seems like on some level he believes that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that there's a really good pairing between his actions and this movie slash manga called uh, A Man's Path yes. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 the man's path is like this, like, um, 
almost like fist of the north star but like even more like without any style and he's just like i'm a man i'm not gonna listen to threats i'm gonna beat up bad guys i'm gonna save the girl and seeing all these like stereotypically masculine things yeah and this other guy this cop like not basically doing the opposite of those things Mm -hmm. but framing it in his own mind through like the way that the whole thing is shot as like well i kind of am i'm doing these things you know it's like he knows he's doing wrong while simultaneously like framing it as a masculine act he sees himself as that hero like he thinks yeah. that he is the guy from a man's path yeah 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 and when he kind of bounces between like yeah i'm like the super masculine guy i'm doing the right thing oh but also someone needs to stop me because I know I'm doing the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, And he just kind of, like, can't handle those two things. Again, another character losing grip with reality. Totally. You know? Living in one world, but reality is kind of something different. I think in that... So, 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 to catch the at-home listener up to speed, basically, he ends up on the wrong side of a a loan shark, and they basically tell him, you gotta pay us, like... Two million yen. No, wait, no, it's three million. It's five million. It keeps going up. Yeah. And he basically resorts to robberies. He, like, puts on a mask. He puts on, like, you know, a different outfit. And he starts robbing people to the point where he's breaking into houses, tying people up and, like, robbing them and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then eventually he starts, uh, the, the loan shark gives him drugs uh, that, like, I guess just enable him to be even more unhinged as a robber. And, like, it, and it's then when he starts doing the, the like, you know, somebody stop me. And in that, it's, it's weird because, like, that's obviously where he's, like, it's his lowest point. He's, like, this just really like just fucking at rock rock bottom but in that moment it seems like he's far more aware of what's going on than before when he was like literally quoting a man's path as he's robbing this couple yeah 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 absolutely well and it's it's funny too because it's like he wants to he's like somebody stop me oh god i can't believe i'm doing all these things and he spills the money out and immediately covers it yeah he's like somebody stop me but it's like you're not making it so that somebody can stop he wants to make it somebody else's problem i think i Uh, think like you know he himself can't stop himself so he wants somebody else to so that like he can start on that path that's a good way of putting it yeah Yeah, that that it's like he wants somebody else to solve the problem that he's created for himself and then who comes along but but little slugger little slugger who hits him but doesn't knock him out yeah I, I I had this moment in the next episode when they so so Will Slugger hits him, doesn't knock him out. Guy pulls off his shoe and just gets this like play of the game, just perfect shot, beans him in the head as he's running as he's yeah. as he's rollerblading away. Um, in the next episode, they have captured Will Slugger and they put his bat down on the desk, and it makes it sound more like it's made out of plastic than it is out of metal. I don't know if that is just a fuck up on the Foley artist's end, or maybe I just misheard it or something, but like my conspiracy theory, I guess, is like, that's not a metal bat. Like, obviously it's not the same little slugger that we've seen in the other stuff, and they they like go into that, but like, it seems as though the hit that he took on the head was just a kid playing a prank, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, because that's the whole thing, is like, the little slugger that we see visually is the same yeah. as the one that you we've seen in other places but yeah so he does get captured at the end of the episode mm-hmm. but there's the detectives kind of feel like there's evidence that that guy is not the real little slugger yeah that the real one that's out there like the like it's a it's a copy of a copy yeah basically yeah he's a he's a copycat they, yeah. they, they say like he's a, he's a shadow of a shadow I think. Yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. um 
Yeah, so it's it, it's in and that whole episode, the fifth episode is great, but it that's a good point. Like maybe he didn't get hit in the same way that the other people did. Yeah, you know, um, and it's it's questionable. I mean, it, it obviously provides some relief or whatever for him because yeah. the loan shark seems to back off for a bit. Um, you know, his life seems okay, but then he also does like lose his house and everything. He so. does. I mean, that's, you know, natural disaster. What are you going to do about yeah. that? But like in that, in a different way, Will Slugger does save him in the sense that like he gets to be the hero who captured Will Slugger, like the person who's been like, you know, committing all these assaults, yeah. uh, all scaring everybody, you know, like now he's gone from this, like, you know, kind of no name, shitty scumbag cop to like, oh, he's a hometown hero. You know, he, he caught Will Slugger. Yeah. Right. And that makes him too high profile for the, sl- the loan shark to get. So like he's, you know, off of his tail at that point, I think. Yeah. That, that, that was my interpretation of it. Anyway. I, I think so. Yeah. 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 Or at the very least, like he's going to wait until later, mm-hmm. which again goes into like, is, is, are any of the characters truly relieved or are they just putting off the is it a temporary thing? Yeah. yeah. Eventually, Tsukiko's got to go back to work. Eventually, Tsukiko's got to go back to work. Yeah. Eventually, you know, is everybody going to suddenly love uh, Ichi, you know? Well, Ichi's problems seem the most easily solved by a little slugger because by getting attacked by a little slugger, it proves that he himself is not. Yeah, but yeah. you could also have a situation where he gets to school or something and then it's like, oh, you faked it. Yeah, you oh, know? quite possible. So, quite possible. Um, so he feels good, but he's still in the fucking hospital. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's interesting with all that that stuff. Yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to see more of it. Yeah. Um, but let's let's talk about let's wrap this up here. So five is an absolutely ep- excellent episode. Yes, the focus is on our two buddy cops teaming up with uh, little slugger to figure out what his whole fucking deal is. Yeah, so- and. It- it's like a JRPG episode. Yeah, this this little slugger is uh, what's has what's referred to uh, as Chunibyo. He is a a Chuni. Uh, it's literally translated as eighth grader syndrome. Um, basically, he like you know it, if being a teenager, being or like you know or preteen or whatever, being into like you know video games and anime and whatever, like you know. We've probably known at least one person who like gets a little too lost in the make believe of it mm-hmm. and like starts to think themselves as like some sort of displaced anime hero. If you've ever been in- involved in martial arts in any capacity, you've probably met a few of these people, <laughs> even though like way older. I knew a guy who told me that he could he could vibrate his fist so fast that when he punched me, it would kill me. Um, Hell yeah. I, I begged him to do it to me. I never did. <laughs> Coward. Real, real shame. Yeah. I was I was determined to die by this man's fist and yeah. he wouldn't let me. Yeah. Real real bummer. Um <laughs> dude, so fucking funny. I got so many stories. Anyway, um <laughs> so this guy's a chuny. He's like, you know, this like or at least this is how I'm reading it. Like he is this like dork, this guy who's got like nothing going on and basically like uh views all of his like you know everything that he does through the lens of a jrpg protagonist yeah and our buddy cops end up having to go along for that ride as they try to get his testimony out of him and it's such a perfect like buddy cop kind of combo where the younger detective is like no let's go along with this let's just see what happens and in the jrpg becomes one of the characters yeah and the grizzled old detective who wants nothing to do with it doesn't and is like kind of like tortured is what and it's like tortured in a way through this JRPG adventure and mm-hmm. it's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. Like there, there's an excellent part where the three of them are flying in on beetles and like the holy warrior little slugger guy is like riding on top. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the young detective who's like here for it is being carried by like he's like hanging on to the bug he's like there for the adventure yeah and the detective who wants nothing to do with it is being carried and is like completely slumped yeah. like he's, he wants nothing to do with this bug yeah. that's carrying him and i think that's such like it's such it's such a like it's just like one little shot but it's like such a perfect setup for like how these three characters are reacting to this situation yeah you know? it's just like it's the visual language of it like always tells us even though we're not like you know hearing the dialogue necessarily like we know exactly where everybody stands yeah that's um and also like i thought it was really interesting like the um so so this little slugger that they have arrested um he believes that he is a holy holy knight and that he is tasked with defi- defeating Goma, uh, who is some demon king or something like that, who possesses and, people, who possesses people, yeah. and that he can, that he as a holy knight can see that somebody is possessed because they glow with this red aura. And while that's obviously not true, he, uh, I think, I think that like it made sense to me that like he would see somebody who's like at their wits' end, like down in the dumps, and like believe in his own like stupid make-believe world that he's like that he has to like rid them of that curse like yeah i i don't know exactly because like all of cone's stuff has some amount of like unreliable narrative uh, or narrator a lot of the time like this is no exception but like i think that it's entirely possible that many of the victims at least it seems as though all of them except tsukiko were victims of this guy um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the copycat has done far more than Lil Slugger himself. Because because when they go through all the stuff too, they talk about he talks about um, hitting people with the baseball bat, um, except for Zagi. Yeah, Tsukiko. Yeah, um, doesn't just skips over her part. Yeah. So there's something going on with her. And I think yeah. So like I think on some level he's like intuiting that this person's like in a really bad way, and basically sees that as the the red aura of goma like possessing them and goes like i gotta whack him on the head with my with my golden sword and yeah you know and they take that as an opportunity to be like i'm a victim of little slugger and none of this other like all this other stuff doesn't matter right now yeah yeah kind of a symbiotic relationship in a way absolutely yeah Yeah. that's a good point yeah Yeah. they they take the relief from it that's yeah uh, that's funny okay I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, I like... <laughs> it's funny watching a good show like this, because I feel like a lot of the times we kind of do, like, recaps of episodes, and we just kind of talk about it. Like, <laughs> man, we have talked so much about, like, what we think is going on in yeah. this show. It's almost enough to make you think that we should watch more stuff like this. I mean... We won't, but... You know, yeah, I mean, hey, we could, like, we've... <laughs> I think we've mentioned the possibility of doing a follow-up episode on, on an anime, I wouldn't be opposed to doing, and we'll obviously we'll cut this out if we decide this isn't a good idea. But like, I wouldn't be opposed to doing a follow up episode on Paranoia Agent because like we could we could knock out the rest of the seven episodes in one go and then just do yeah, that's episode. a good point. There's only thirteen. Yeah, we should. We, we should do it. I'm done. All right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There we go. We figured out another episode. Perfect. Um, okay, so let's talk about the last one. Um, I think that we covered most of the stuff in five. I, I forgot to take notes on on six. So Let's see. this is this is one with um. Oh, this did you get her name? The the daughter? No, I, I never write down the names. <laughs> um, but yeah, cop. You we realized pretty quick that uh, shitty cop has a daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, my first note is this is wild, and it's basically like his daughter like idolizes her dad. Yeah, like. Uh, just loves him to bits yeah. and all that. And it turns out shitty cop dad is a massive fucking pervert more than we thought. Yeah. Because there's a weird thing where 
in previous episodes, he wants people to refer to him sexually as he wants people to refer to him sexually as daddy. And I think it's him also who has um, who has uh, Maria dress as uh, at one point she's like in that um, it's like a PE uniform. Like that a was girl's. a different guy. That was a different guy. Okay, yeah, never mind. Then. But. Um, he may have had her in a similar outfit, maybe. So I'm not sure. Yeah, but, but that she was, does that call was him like daddy. that was a principal, the the guy who's like, ooh, let me like spank you like one of my students or whatever. Oh, was it? Like, okay, that guy was like a teacher or Got something. It. Was was a different guy, but it does right. seem like something that the guy would do. So yeah. I don't want to make it sound like no, no, the cops are good. No, <laughs> no um, yeah, but like, no, uh, like this this guy sucks. Maria does refer to him as daddy. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, earlier yeah. Uh, at some point in episode three, yeah, yeah, and Just he make, he makes it clear he wants to be referred to as daddy, yes. yeah. and uh, it's made weirder once because it's not super obvious in the beginning, but once you realize like, oh, this girl who's on the run, that's his daughter. Oh, but in the flashbacks, she loves him. Like what? happened and then you really like when you hit that moment it's just like oh yeah. ah. well because in episode four like he when he and the grizzled detective go out for drinks i think uh he talks about her he's like she oh yeah the grizzled detective goes like yeah how's your daughter doing he's like yeah she's good she's 17 she's about to graduate high school and the detective goes like oh just, gosh it's been so long since i've seen her she was just she was just this tall you know mm-hmm. uh and i think it's be you know, like I feel like this was intentional. I, I think it's because, like, this is... The daughter is so much a part of his, like, you know, being a good man life and not, like, mentioned as a part of his, like, being a gross scumbag, the 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 prostitutes and the gambling and the Yakuza connections and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, they're separate, but, like, you know, if you think about it for a second, a guy with a 17-year-old daughter demanding that, prostitu- that the prostitutes that he is, you know, patronizing call him daddy... Like that should set off all sorts of red flags to yeah. begin with, and like, I wonder, I can't help but wonder if like that was intentional to like try and slip that under our noses because it works. I, yeah, it didn't. It didn't set off a red flag because there's a lot of guys who just are fucking into that kind of shit. Yeah, which which not not to kink shame, but it's it, that is one that I've never quite understood. The, yeah, it gets to be this like weird blurred line when it comes to like kink shaming and also like trying to understand and work against like these sort of like societal ills you know what i mean uh, like there's there's a lot to unpack from that one maybe I, more than we're ready to unpack right this moment yeah, but <laughs> yeah. it's it it was telling to me that like there's this this is this guy who mentions outright that he has a 17 year old daughter and also has uh like you know the prostitutes that he is a client of refer to him as daddy and like that didn't set off an alarm in my head yeah yeah that's that's funny i mean well it's like a it's like a good mystery you know it's like you can solve it before it it is revealed right and then that just makes that revelation like oh that's good so uh but instead of oh it's like oh (laughs) yeah it's it's deeply unsettling because because it's 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 like such like a movie tragic thing where it's like she's got her little cd she's like oh i made a thing for my dad i'm so happy for his birthday and yeah. then she finds something on the desktop like what's this oh he's spying on me like, yeah he put a camera in my room yeah so I, he, could, he could take pictures of me naked like i, I had a, i had a thought i wasn't like i mean obviously it's like it, it 
it, the implication seems to be that like it is very much an incestuous obsession kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not even the implication. Obviously it is. But like I had a thought like because, you know, he's really hurting for money. I was like, is he selling images of his daughter mm-hmm. or something like that? Um, and maybe that's an aspect. Maybe of it. both. Yeah. May- maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's been a long Wouldn't time put since I've seen the show. Yeah. 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 Cause he, he's really, he's down bad for money. You know, he is the worst. He is. Yeah. And he's the fucking worst. It's, um, it's yeah. funny too, with, um, it, with the way that six kind of also reframes, uh, the fourth episode with the cop guy, because mm. it's like, it seems like to me, like every other episode takes place over the course of like a week or two. And that's what I assumed for cop guy, where it's like, he does all these robberies, but like, you see in episode six that the teenage daughter when she's younger is inside the house that's being built during episode four yeah so unless he rebuilt the house or something excuse me um unless he rebuilt the house you're seeing like episode four is across like like maybe a year or so instead of like a couple weeks like the rest of the episodes you could be right yeah i guess i don't really know like where the the timestamp is when he like we see that scene of him looking at the the frame of the house being built. Yeah, because you're looking at the, the the house being built, and then in episode six you see a slightly younger version of the seventeen year old um, in a, like her own room in the house, and also the house is being destroyed. Yeah, and they're in like their pajamas and whatnot, implying that they live inside the house yeah. instead of. Um, are visiting or something. Yeah, so. yeah. No, you might, yeah. It sounds like, I think you're right there. So it's yeah. it's it's interesting because it's not super clear and it's not super necessary that you know it takes place over a year or something. I don't even know how long it takes to build a house. Like, you do that in a month? I don't fucking know. I, yeah, actually, that's a really good point. <laughs> like, like well, I'll say this. I work I work adjacent to construction uh, and I I've seen plans for like say like an apartment complex that take like a year so if an apartment complex took a year it's not that surprising to me if a house took like a a few weeks to a month well it's a thing in japan too i believe that like um when you buy a house it's you're supposed to buy like a new house so they tear down old houses and build new ones in their place. That is completely news to me, but I mean, I, I, I have I, no reason to doubt that. I could be wrong. I could be very wrong, but I believe that's a thing. Like, whereas here, obviously, like, you buy, you know, a house from like the seventies or whatever. I'd buy, in, yeah. in a lot of places in Japan, you you buy like the lot that a house is on from the seventies, and you tear down the house and build a new one. Interesting. Yeah, and yeah. the houses are kind of built with the intention that in like. 50 years they're going to be torn back down and rebuilt sure that makes sense so i don't i don't I clearly i don't, I don't know. know shit about japanese real I, estate I, yeah yeah but, but come on get up with get, get your game going I come just, on you know i'm never gonna grow up i'm never gonna learn about japanese real estate practices <laughs> well it's funny because i feel like i that i know that one little tidbit which i'm pretty sure i'm right about and um i'm not gonna I'm that's not gonna more that's more than i know about like american real estate like everybody's like you need to buy a house eventually i'm like i guess yeah Yeah, my dad tells me that sometimes when are you gonna buy a house when they stop costing so fucking much i stop living in california yeah yeah it's a good fucking point (laughs) um yeah episode six there's the old lady there's the old lady there's the old lady and she says that she's talking to the detectives and she says that she's mrs her granddaughter and then we cut to the 17 year old the 17 year old and 
I guess Kuleshov effect. We assume that that is the same person. Yeah, that that that, that the seventeen year old daughter is that lady's granddaughter. Yeah, and then we learn at the end that she's it's some other person. That one is named Midori. Her her grandmother, the granddaughter's named Midori. Uh. I remember that just because that's the Japanese word for the color green. That's and funny. I was, I was like, oh, her name's green. <laughs> Neat. That's a, that's a nice name. I like that. Uh, yeah. Well, and it, yeah, it's interesting. Well, and it's it's another example of the show kind of playing with our perception of reality yeah you know yeah we, we make that assumption instantly yeah um and then yeah so we were wrong we well, were completely it, wrong. it makes me wonder like what else have we gotten wrong about the show well, at this point you know and this is this is one where like you know cone might just be a little too smart for me i it, it seems like there is some sort of like connection or implied connection or like similarity or something between the the daughter uh who's who's running away from the terrible cop dad and the 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 old lady because like they have so many like there's moments where like say the old lady's going through garbage and the daughter walks right past her uh there's the moment where like the old lady falls into the river and Mm -hmm. uh and the um the daughter looks sees her and sees herself as the old person for a moment yeah, and like, and there's like all these moments where like you know it seems like there's some sort of connection they're trying to communicate to us, and I'm just too fucking dumb to know what it is. Well, and it, it's kind of like a broader connection between all of the characters too. Like the detectives know to go to the old lady because the little slugger, potentially the little slugger impersonator, is like, oh, I needed to get to the next level where I would meet the old hag or something like that. And the detectives know, oh, that has to mean that old lady that was brought up in like the first episode or whatever. So there's like, what's their connection? There is some, yeah. There is some weird shit going on because um, there's the old guy in the first couple episodes at the hospital who is coming, who is like, through these wild and crazy mathematical equations coming up with numbers relating to the first two victims. Yeah. Uh, he, he writes 510 for the room that Tsukiko is in the hospital. And then the next episode, he comes up with the solution of one for Ichi. Yeah. So, like, don't know what's going on with that guy. Uh, I did end up seeing, actually, there was, like, a post-credits, like, next time on Paranoia Agent thing that is narrated by that old guy, but he's in a suit. Mm. Um. So I I don't know. He's he's got some kind of importance too because I think it was in the third or fourth episode. He's like, uh, he talks about a butterfly, and you can kind of apply a butterfly. Um, oh, like a butterfly effect uh, kind of thing. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe a butterfly effect kind of thing. Um, oh, were you talking about like metamorphosis? Yeah, I was thinking, oh, okay. I was thinking metamorphosis, but um, I think butterfly effect might kind of be more accurate because you do have all these characters who are like, oh, yeah, I don't know who that is, but they have kind of interacted with each other sort of incidentally. Like maybe, maybe not through like actually like talking to each other, but just by, because this guy was in this place, his daughter is over here. And now, so there's, there's, they're all like, they, they try to make it seem like they're not connected, but the, I think everybody is in a very indirect kind of way. The only the only disconnect, I think, because because Ichi knows Harumi, and Harumi, um, what was it? There's, there's, uh, oh, well, I mean, what's a, what's her name? Tsukiko knows uh, Kawazu, who gets attacked. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's a break there, but then Ichi knows Harumi, and Harumi meets the the police guy, I think, at some yeah. point. And then the police guy, like, everybody knows each other through some way or another. The only disconnect is between Kawazu and Ichi, like, when that 
like Kawazu gets attacked, Ichi gets attacked, they don't know each other. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they both kind of know each other through the detectives in a way. I Which yeah, is kind I of a cop, cop out a little bit. Yeah, I guess that's like <laughs> a chicken in the... That's good. It's cop out. I guess that's kind of like a chicken in the egg situation there. It's like yeah. they know each other because of the crime, but the crime's because they know each other. Well, and there's there's not an impossible chance that in future episodes that um, that Soggy is, is going to be revealed like, oh, she does know Ichi or the other kid. Quite possible. You know? Quite possible. Just kind of bring them all together. Yeah. So, yeah, it, there's there's a lot going on with the show. This kind of interconnectivity of the people, the perception of reality and what's real and what's, you know. Yeah. And, and also dealing with realizing that reality is not what you think it is. Totally. You know? And, you like, towards the end of the episode, the the detective, the grizzled detective, tells uh, Tsukiko that, that he has a witness saying, that the old lady, saying that, Tsukiko was alone in that parking lot when she supposedly got attacked by by Little Slugger. And then at the very end of or like at the at the same time that that's happening rather, uh Little Slugger attacks the daughter, the 17-year-old, yeah. who then wakes up with amnesia, which seems like a really bad situation for her. Terrible situation for her. Cuz she doesn't know that her dad is uh spying on her. Well, and you see her whole thing was like I just want to forget, I just want to forget. I mean, obviously, to a certain degree, she wants to go back to the innocence that she had when it, she believed her dad was a good guy, and in a sick way, she has, but her dad's still a fucking psychopath, yeah. so... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where... She, that's not the ending I want for her. No. I was kind of hoping she'd just, like, find some other somewhere to live and uh just not have to talk to her dad yeah again. i mean that's what you want but yeah it's, it's what you want it's right? the halloween episode so <laughs> it's scary it's, it's never spooky. that easy um well is there anything else you want to talk about in any of the specific episodes uh no i think i, I think we got it well then let's do our uh obligatory uh rating system i can't imagine what we'll rate it fucking and garbage yeah hate this goddamn show piece of shit i watched it all the way through once and if i could take back that time that i spent watching i would it's it has a problematic uh police officer and so it's actually a bad show it is yeah yeah it's actually a bad show yikes unfollowing now big fan (laughs) of his police work didn't realize that he was so problematic (laughs) man i'm gonna have to tell toshi kone to like just tone it back i'm gonna write him a letter i'm gonna be honest i think i think he's canceled I think he's, he's canceled out of this yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. If he comes out with another movie, I'm not. I've just made myself sad. <laughs> oh, I know. Rest in peace, Satoshi Kon. Gone yeah. far too fucking soon. What a goddamn visionary. I know. There's, I would, Yeah. Uh, there's there's always there's always like a disclaimer I have to put on like when I recommend his stuff to anybody. It's like. Watch Paprika. It's got some gore, like amazing visuals, kind of fat phobic. Uh, but and then watch watch Perfect Blue. But be aware that there's a lot of rape scenes. Like it's just like everything is yeah. like got this like but like there's going to be something that you're gonna rub up against. <laughs> but like maybe that's maybe that's what makes him interesting is the fact that you know his his stuff deals with uncomfortable topics. I don't know. You know what's funny is when you were like uh, you're talking about like oh there's always these caveats or whatever. I was like. I was expecting you to say like, "Oh, you're gonna love his stuff. It's really good," but he's dead, so it's like that's <laughs> that's the end of his stuff. It's like, oh yeah, I guess I guess he does have about every yeah. stuff. Yeah, I don't Check know. Check out Huckleberry Finn, but you I, should know Mark Twain died. He's yeah. dead. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're not gonna be able yeah. to. Sherlock I, Holmes, dope, but I feel like his stuff is like 
so much more interesting than it is problematic. And it's it is and in the ways 100%. that it's problem problematic, it's more interesting than um some but somebody else covering the same topic. Yeah. Right? Like Tokyo Godfathers has a trans character in it. And that character gets called a lot of rude things throughout the show. Oh, and or not the show, the uh, the movie. And um, yeah, there's there's some problematic issues there and whatnot. But like that character is treated really well and gets a backstory and an understanding. And uh, in the end, you know, everybody kind of comes together and everything. So and there's no part where they're like, you know what, I'm not trans anymore. Yeah, you know, I've recovered. Yeah. You know, like it's. Um, there's a lot going on in that, and I think it's I think it's all of his stuff. Any sort of issues I think somebody could have is like it completely overcomes it for the most part. Unless this is such a sticking point for for somebody, all of his works are just like the best. Like, I people, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Like because because yeah, you could say the same thing about like you know the 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 um, rape stuff in uh, Perfect Blue is like it's there for a reason and it like it it does a lot to give us a visual into like the mind of uh, the main character and what she's going through and it's like this really great metaphor of what's going on blah 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 uh, I guess the one that I can't come up with a good defense for is like that that character in Paprika who is just this like uh, he's just this like caricature of like an over of like a really uh, obese person and like he's it's played for a joke like a lot a lot for seemingly no reason there yeah well that's that's the guy who like he, what he like kidnaps her and then also like well, that's the guy in, who created the, the, um, the headband thingy right Maybe I don't remember him particularly well. He's the one that like there's there, there's the scene where they're in the restaurant and then like the wait the the server like comes out and it's like I have a you know this 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 stack of pancakes oh. and he goes like oh that's me and then they come back and they're like I have this these hot dogs and he's like that's also me and they just keep coming back with food and like you think it's gonna be for somebody else at the table but it's him over and over again like they get there's a part where he can't fit through a door because he's just so goddamn fat like stuff like that right. where I'm like I don't see how this adds to it I don't see how this reflects any of the other themes in the story it just sounds like you wanted to write in a fat guy and make fun of him a bunch and (laughs) that's not the worst offense in the world i guess but also like uh, it feels uncharacteristically shitty and after such a progressive view of weeaboos and uh, <laughs> overweight anime <laughs> paranoia. Exactly. No, I'm with I'm, that actually that we got the ultimate I'm, I'm sigma male in the in that guy in the, in the paranoid <laughs> agent guy and then we got this this fucking beta ass cuck dude or yeah whatever I don't know <laughs> no that's it's delta I, male I gamma about that, male I don't know that's a good point yeah I don't know it's it's just all it's one of those things that I always got to let people know like it's great except if you have a particular squick around this yeah uh, and maybe that makes it better I don't know yeah. I don't know like I I'm definitely I don't mean to condemn his work by any means I think right. it's no all I know phenomenal. I know you're not like no don't watch Paprika yeah like, it's actually because Paprika bad fucking movie. rules yeah it's a great movie yeah 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 and we didn't mention but Tokyo Godfather is also really good also I don't remember if there's anything rules. problematic in that but it's a great movie yeah I mean there's there's you know the, the, the trans lady we were talking about but um, yeah otherwise oh did I say Tokyo Godfather I meant Millennium Actress we didn't talk about Millennium Actress I actually haven't yeah. seen Millennium Actress oh it's good That's the I think that's the it, last Cone movie for me to watch I, I think it's maybe the one that like sticks out the least obviously we've brought it up last yeah it's still good i like the guy the guy can't really do wrong in my book no yeah um yeah and paranoia agent is absolutely excellent i feel silly for not finishing it i I feel like part of it is like 
not to give myself too much of an excuse, but like once I finished Paranoia Agent, I've watched all of Satoshi Kon's. Oh, that's like the the last. Yeah, like there's not there's I can you know I can rewatch Perfect Blue. It's a great movie, but like I've seen it. I know what's gonna happen and all that. And um, the guy just makes such great work that to like once once I finish these episodes, which I'll do. Uh, man, that's it. That's it. You know, I almost yeah. cried at it, like a Satoshi Kon like panel that some guy was giving. Oh man, and it was just like it was a retrospective on all the works he stuff. I'm like, it's so good. It's <laughs> so good. I was yeah. a little drunk, but it was so sure. Good. Yeah, it's, the guys, the guys, great. He was yeah, a real fucking titan of the industry. He's gone way too soon. Like, mm-hmm. just it sucks. It sucks to see creators of such amazing things die so young. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Him and Kentaro Miura and Nijavis and too many people making great things and then die. And not to say that their value of their life comes from the works that they make, but, but yeah. like, I don't know, it just sucks. Yeah, well, it sucks because it's like you're on a roll, like you know you don't want you don't want somebody to just keep going and when keep making like trash or whatever. Sure. But like, uh, yeah, it's like oh, we could have had another one, you know. Yeah, and that's like, I guess that's like kind of the selfish aspect of it is like we could have gotten another Satoshi Kon movie, yeah. you know? Yeah, we we could have gotten another New Javis album. We could have had another Jay Dillaby tape, you know? Yeah. There's like so many things that we don't get to see because that person died. But also, like the more important thing is that person is you know didn't get to live the rest of their life. Yeah, you know? well, I, I, I think that's fair, but I, I yeah. think it's also like I think art makes the world a better place and so the more good artists putting more good art out there like the better the world arguably is you know (laughs) all of satoshi Kon's movies have like made made me feel a certain way and and i've just just like either like joy or thought provoking and all that and uh i i you know the 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 idea that there could be another one of those is like uh, you know, because obviously I didn't know the guy personally, so obviously him him dying is obviously a bummer. But my relationship to him is through the art that he created. Totally, and he made some great art. He sure did. Um, yeah, no, I I definitely see what you mean. Like, but Perfect Blue in particular, like, had a, a I guess a big like impact on me in that like um, it. Not to say that I struggled with this in particular, but I feel like that is what really made me understand what a parasocial relationship was and Mm. how unhealthy it was. Like, I've never been a stalker of a celebrity by any means. But, like, when I saw that movie, it made me think, like, oh, well, these people are just people and they got their own shit going on. And, like, you know, if I see them as just this two-dimensional, like, you know, portrait of, like, this thing I like, then that is a disservice to both of us. Yeah. You know? And, like, I think that that's helped me navigate, especially nowadays where, like, the the barrier between us and people who create things like music and movies and stuff like that is so thin. Like, with, when we have social media and Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. Where you can, you can comment on something that, you know, uh, some crazy big celebrity posts and there's a possibility they'll comment back you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah and, and, I, and I don't want to say like uh, my view of Satoshi Kon is like uh, oh he should have just been an art missionary or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because, sure. but it does it does make you really also like appreciate like the people who are artists when you see them like in that way like um, yeah like that parasocial relationship is there where people are just there because they either like I need them as a friend or I need to use them for their connections or yeah. something and what you really get, what what we should be getting is like, no, they're they're people, they're working on things, and these things take time. Yeah, you know, 
um, I can't remember their Twitter handle, but it was a person who worked on like Skullgirls and uh, that RPG Indivisible or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, who continue? But yeah, there. Uh, I think it's like Kino Cakes or something. Kinu, Kinuko, I think her Kinuko, name is. Kinuko, maybe. Yeah. Um, um, the, she was the art director. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fuck see, Mike Z. The guy sucks. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that one. But seeing seeing like some of the flack that she would get and whatnot, like through Twitter and like seeing this person as like a person where it's like games take a while to make. Yeah. Like you can't just like donate to Kickstarter and then six months later get the game that you were promised. Yeah. You know? Like it doesn't yeah. work that way. Totally. Um and she does great work. Like she's absolutely she's fantastic. Yeah. And, like, great artist. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like game devs like get that like, you know, maybe some of the hardest. Like mm-hmm. God, poor like Masahiro Sakura, the director of Smash Bros, you know, like Ugh. ever since Smash put Sora into Smash Bros. Yeah, I don't know if you put heard. Sora into Smash Bros. Just, like, what a nightmare yeah, existence. How about that? Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> When, see, I flipped it. It's yeah, funny now. You see, it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> like when they when they opened the floodgates, when when Brawl came out and it had Solid Snake and Sonic the Hedgehog in it, uh, which great. But like when they did that, it opened the floodgates. Now, if Solid Snake and Sonic can be in there, anybody can be in there. <laughs> and once that happened, people and like you know, I'm I'm of the old internet right like you know i was on game faqs in like 2004 or whatever where people were like what if they put fucking like cloud strife and smash wouldn't that be fucking crazy dude that sounds crazy you know and then they did like years later Whoa. right and then like but once that happened it's like we gotta put you got you gotta put crash bandicoot you gotta put gino from mario rpg you gotta put master <laughs> chief you gotta put doom guy you gotta put the tetris l block you gotta put every fucking video game character i've ever liked in this goddamn video game you're making and that guy just got non-stop like death threats and like just angry fucking shit for like a decade or some shit because he had the the balls to make a game people liked and then also be on the internet. (laughs) Those are the sins that that man has committed. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I feel like it, the greatest uh, asset that we have right now is that we've never made anything that good. Yep. You know, this podcast will never reach Smash Brothers or Paprika levels of quality. Unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which is is sad for you, the listener, but great for us. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's fucking coming for us. Yeah, unfortunately soon. for you. Yeah, yeah. Twenty one subscribers, baby. <laughs> Most of them people we know, or in the last few, probably bots. Honestly, yeah. it's probably sex hey, bots. I'll take it. Hey, sure. Yeah, yeah. Give well, us those views. Speaking of uh, subscribers and all that, let's get to plugs. Sure. Um, I'll just I'll just throw this out there because uh, it seems to it seems to work so far. If you made it this far in the podcast and you like it, um, we got we're on Podbean. You can go to uh, I think it's battleschooldropouts.podbean.com. Listen to stuff there. There's an RSS feed if you want to add it to your phone and all that. I can't get it to work on iTunes. I'm so sorry, everyone. Um, it is what it is. So there's that. We're on YouTube too, which is where we posted most of our stuff yeah. and where most of the following and comments are so uh you can subscribe there if you want more of this stuff um bakri how can people find you uh you can go on my twitter twitter.com slash or at uh eight mammoth the number eight and then mammoth m-a-m-m-o-t-h like the prehistoric animal it changed my at 
recently. I, when I went to tag you when we posted the last episode, <laughs> I was like typing in like at BAK. I'm like, why the, where the fuck is he? <laughs> well, so, so we, I, and it was funny because I just edited the episode where I heard you say eight mammoths. Yeah. <laughs> so I double fucked up. I, I, I went to make myself, I was like, okay, I got to start like, you know, making more music. I've got to release tracks now. Like let's, let's be a little more official about this. So I go, I went to make a, like a new Twitter profile like, as my artist account. And then, like, part way through that process, I was like, I'm so bored. So I just took my personal Twitter and changed the at and the name on it. And that's my artist account now. <laughs> so here we go. Octo Mammoth. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. Eight Mammoth. Eight Mammoth. Yeah. yeah Octo Mammoth was taken. Yeah, bastard. I had that URL at one point, and then I think I deleted that, that Twitter because I wasn't using it. I'm an that's idiot. A, that's a I'm, huge mistake. I am fucking stupid. Um, well, you can follow me if I unlock my Twitter at Hentai Pizza Lord. Um, I'm keeping it locked on the off chance that people who are I'm applying to jobs for are checking my Twitter account, sure. which is just full of cum jokes and dumb <laughs> bullshit. So, uh, assuming that's passed, you can follow me there. There you go. Uh, and that's probably the main place. And then, like I said, just subscribe to YouTube or whatever. That's, you know, if you want more of this fucking, these, these guys, that's, that's, that's what you need to do. That's the place to go. Yeah. Uh, you can also listen to my music, soundcloud.com slash Octo Mammoth, O C T O Mammoth. It's the same way you spelled it the last time. I know. I know we say it every time, but it's good fucking music. You You do the, the intro, the outro and the little interlude music that's been in the last couple episodes. Quite so. Quite so. so, It's all real fucking good stuff. Thank you. As as the guy who does the visual sides of stuff, it was really fun with the intro, um, to like have like, I I love editing to like good music, Mm. which sounds dumb, but like I've edited to bad music and I'm like, this sucks. Oh yeah. Like having a good beat that like inspires you to like, (laughs) Ooh, I can put a thing here. I can do this. I can, Ooh, I'm like, like sometimes there's music that's so good. You see, like I see visuals, right? you know? And I I think your music hits that that point for me. And it's a fucking killer intro. Like I've I've just sat there and watched it like on repeat many times, many maybe maybe too many times. It's it's pretty sick. Yeah, if I can toot my own horn. And I'll I'll just throw this out there in the description of the YouTube video. You can check out uh, Bernadette. She's helped out with the the podcast. She says hi everybody. Shout out to all the Bernadette out there. All the Bernadette. Yeah, yeah, she does. Uh, there's like handwritten elements on the YouTube video and whatnot. And she does all that stuff. So she's a graphic designer. Go check out her stuff. Her like Instagram handle and all that is in, um, in the description on the YouTube video. Hell yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we did the Halloween episode. We fucking did it. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Um, so the next episode, uh, because of COVID that we mentioned earlier, uh, we, we ran into a couple snags. So either the next episode is going to be the Hajimeno Epo episode. Or? Or it's going to be Serial Experiment Lane. If the Hajimeno Epo episode somehow comes out before this one. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you mean. I was like, are we, is, is, Sierra, is, is, is Lane skipping the line? But now, no, yeah, this yeah. one, no, this one might skip. The, the goal in Epo October. Might skip the line. One of them might skip the line. The goal in October is to release Hajime no Ipo and Halloween. Yes. Ideally, we should release the Halloween episode later in the month. That makes sense. But who fucking knows since since COVID's the thing. Yeah. So. You know, and we, it, we got guests on both the episodes. So yeah. It makes things a little more complicated. Yeah. And it being late October when we're recording this because it doesn't take us several weeks to put out an episode. Um, 
yeah, that that's, you know, who knows when that's going to line up. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But so watch both shows. Uh, I know Hajimeno Upo is great. I know less about Sierra Experiment Lane. So. I uh, This might be foolish, but uh, I might have mentioned this to you before. So Serial Experiments Lane, there was an anime and also a PlayStation 1 game. You have brought that up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the PS1 game is translated in English and available to play on browser. And I, it is my hope to play through that before we record <laughs> doubt it'll happen but hey maybe maybe it will who knows anything's possible anything's possible yeah. i, I try to read uh, i've tried for like two episodes now to like read the manga before we get into the episodes as well oh like uh, of the the past you tried to read x-arm uh i didn't read x-arm i meant to but i didn't but then i tried to read ha- uh hanasaku and I, like i couldn't find it anywhere <laughs> and then uh i was like paranoia agent i'm like wait no i think that's an original idea there's no manga yeah so. no i think that came out as an anime and a game simultaneously weirdly S- enough so maybe maybe hajime no Ippo will be the one i th- i want to say serial experiments lane does not have a manga but i don't think it does that could be very wrong could so. be it's, i i think yeah, the game and the anime came out at the like the same time pretty much and like have kind of different they they go down different paths kind of okay. so I'm I'm curious to see. Yeah, yeah. that'll be cool. Yeah. You well, play it in a browser. Who knows? Play it in a browser. Yeah, yeah, which is fucking nice. That is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, big fan of that. Um all right, well that's that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening to this Halloween spooky episode. S- scared you scared yet? I'm ooh, scared. Ooh. Yeah. Um we should start thinking now because we don't. Um, what fucking Halloween episode are we going to do next year? Because I love these holiday episodes. Oh, yeah. I don't right. even give a shit. that the, the Christmas episode put me in such a good mood. I don't even care if it's our least viewed episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I love the grab bag idea. Yeah. If, if there were like Halloween special anime episodes, then I'd say we should do a grab bag episode. There's not. So. Yeah, not enough. Um. I'd be interested in doing something like really like grim, dark, like fucked up in a stupid way kind of thing. Okay. Like I'd love to like if the new Higurashi is any good, I could be interested in doing that. Maybe <laughs> maybe by that point next year we'll be able to like we'll we'll have a production schedule that allow or like you know we'll we'll be committed enough to this to watch more like more than six episodes and we can just like watch the whole Higurashi thing and then there just, you go yeah. Yeah. Because that's dumb in a really fun way, I think. Well, then that's on you, viewer. Get us popular enough that we can uh, afford to do more of this stuff. Sign up for our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Battle School Dropouts. And then when that doesn't load, uh, just uh, <laughs> Venmo me $5. Yeah. 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 Venmo, Venmo one of us. Yes. One of us. Oh. Venmo one of us $5. I want that money. Yeah. <laughs> I need it. It's real bad. Um, hell yeah. Okay. Okay.